Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Journey of Oz podcast. This is season three, episode six. Definitely confirmed that before we started. I have a couple guests on here, and I just wanted to point out that this episode is at our new location, um, uh, Fort Lycan MMA in Columbia, South Carolina. If you all remember, we I did my first episode outside of my home studio at Lycan MMA. Shit, last year, right? It was I last year. Yeah, it, it was, was last, last year. year. Last Literally March. last year. It was last March. I saw one with Mater that was on the map. That was, was it, that yeah. That was that one. That was the first one I did. Um, so the voice that you hear that is absolutely lovely is my new tattoo artist, Mr. Jake Glover. Hey, guys. Uh, and we also have Ray J in the house. What up, everybody? And we have BK. Hello. He's in the, in the, uh, in the wilds out there off the... Off the off the mi- off the mat, but um, yeah, we're doing it from the confines of the mats, which we will be cleaning and sterilizing thoroughly when we are done here. Um, oh yeah, yeah, we got a lot of sweat on them, that's for sure. Yeah, we did some work tonight. It was awesome. Uh, the, the gym is definitely growing. But enough with that. We'll get into that later. We'll talk jujitsu more than likely here, there, and everywhere. But we wanted to get to know our our, our esteemed guest, Jake. Um, so go ahead and give us a little, uh, I guess, a little preview of you know who you are, the, the humble beginnings and. Uh, who you are, what you do, and, you know, the whole spiel. All right, bet. Well, I'm from Colorado. I was born there. I lived there for a few years. Um, some stuff happened, you know, family problems, things like that. I ended up having to live in New York for a little while. Met my aunt. But it was out in the country, though. Oh, You'd be okay. surprised. Yeah, like New York State. We were, like, 20 minutes away from the border in Pennsylvania. It was pretty dope. Um, not much there. Just lived a country life out on the farm. You guys would be surprised. Little farmer boy, Jake. <laughs> I said y'all a lot. It was bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, went back to Colorado around nine, ten years old. So I only lived in New York for maybe three years or so. It was still a pretty cool experience. I went to, uh, if you guys are from New York, you'll know the Finger Lakes a lot. This Oh, they're awesome. You, they're, they're like th- real thin lakes that you can't see the end of, but you can see like the right and left side. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's dope. Um, sounds, sounds beautiful. It was very beautiful out there. Uh, a lot of people like the Appalachian Mountains and stuff like that, right? That's on this side, that side of the... So... Blue Ridge, Blue Appalachian, same thing, I think, right? Appala- no? Appalachian. Appalachians. Appalachians, there we go. <laughs> I got to correct you on that. Okay. You damn Yankee. Well, being from Colorado, the running joke was all the all the mountains and stuff out there were just where they moved all the dirt <laughs> to build oh, the city. Wow. <laughs> all oh, the wow. rolling hills—that's what they say out in Colorado. So, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like, my, I remember my first time visiting Denver. That was that would have been for the Frozen Four in two thousand and seven or six. One of the two years, I can't remember. Frozen Four is that the hockey? Frozen Four, so the NCAA Final Four. Is what they call the Frozen Four, you know, President Tom was. Yay. Thank uh, you. Went out there. It was the first place I was ever openly offered weed. <laughs> like, you know, up, up, to the, up to that point, I think I was like, I think at the time I was like 19 or 20 years old. Right. And it was like, it was like, hush. It's like, you know, you don't walk like, if somebody walks up to you and like, hey, man, you holding? Or you're like, okay, it's understood. But if somebody walks up to you and like, hey, man, you want to have some weed? You want you want some? I'm selling. I'm like you're a fucking cop. Seriously, <laughs> fuck away from me. Like, I didn't even acknowledge it. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? That's like, but my buddy's like, chill, dude. 
And this was Detroit, right? No, this was in Colorado. Yeah. Denver. Colorado. This is, so like, th- this is it. Probably wasn't even legal then. At the time, let me tell you. So at the time, this is I'm dating myself. This is at the time in America where they were actually closing down indoor smoking in most places. Mm-hmm. Denver was kind of ahead of its time, so they had some spots that were like we're not allowing it. Some spots that were just taking the fine, trying to fight the you know I guess the I guess the law or whatever or the proposition that was in place. Some people were ahead of the curve because I don't think the bill was passed yet. But since they saw it coming, they're like, we should just enforce it. And they were like, so it was like half and half. Now, one thing uh, that I didn't realize I shouldn't have played around with was it being mile high, how much oxygen you're, uh, oxygen you're actually getting. Oh, God, yeah. So at the time, I smoked cigarettes. Mm. I used to like, probably like a pack, pack a day. Mm. It's all they needed, breaks. <laughs> yeah. They need to let you smoke weed. It's like <laughs> right? And uh, back, back in the day, that was potentially may or may not have been a thing. Uh, but I'll put it this way. Um, I sat down. The other two people I was traveling with, they went upstairs and, like, dropped their bags off. I dropped mine off, and I came downstairs. Like, I need a beer. It's a long-ass drive. It's like an 18-hour drive we made. It was legit from Ann Arbor, Michigan to Denver, Colorado, down the street. No breaks. We just rotated and slept in the car. It's a good drive. Um, biggest tumbleweeds I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely insane. Like, the size of, like, I think she had an Xterra, and it was, like, as tall as the Xterra. Mm. It was insane. Okay. So driving in, yeah, driving in from the east to Colorado was an experience in the winter. From basically Kansas to almost halfway through Colorado is not corn and flat. pig farms. Yes, it's I was flat. like pig farms and corn, and you know we rolled through Nebraska as well. And it was just like, when is this gonna end? <laughs> um, but anyway, get, getting back to this, so I'm sitting down. It's the first time I had a fat tire, uh, their Belgian beer, mm. fat mm. tire. I had that. I had one beer, and I stepped outside to have a cigarette, and I almost passed out. Right. I've been sick from the altitude so, like, sickness. The yeah, al- we, we did it, different. like, quickly compared to, you know, if you stopped, like, in another neighboring state and then, you know, slept. We were there in 18 hours, so, like, under and under a day we were there. And, like, you know, when you're young, you're like, all right, let's go out, let's rage, man. Like, I got we're a here. nap. I got a nap. We're here. Let's <laughs> get something to eat. Let's go party. Let's find a bar or whatever. And that was, like, intense. So I guess – Dang, I was twenty one. Oh, I, w- I had to drink, drink too. I had to be twenty one. Twenty one. I didn't have okay. a fake mm-hmm. to get into places. So like legit, I was I was twenty one. Um, so that was that was dope. So that would have been two thousand seven for sure, because I was twenty two. Yeah, and then twenty three, basic training in 08, in 08, So yeah, twenty one. So yeah, fun times there. But I, di- I didn't realize that that was like so intense. But it, yeah, the weirdness and the awkwardness, how how progressive Denver was at the time. They were ahead of their time. Like public transportation was free. Oh yeah, the the bus system there was awesome. I've traveled on it like a lot. You get on, <laughs> you're like, wait, how much is it? Like, oh, it's good to this line. So like, literally, like if you're at a hotel, you could go miles. I forget how many miles, but like basically the edge of the city. Dang. And uh, you know the whole coyote ugly experience that was dope too. Saw some people get jacked up and tossed out, but like it was like, man, this is just like the movie. Like this is crazy. Like. <laughs> We did watch Coyote Ugly the other I mean, day. It wasn't <laughs> as cool as their bar, but like they had the whole get-up performances and stuff. I was like, oh, they really do this here. Yeah. It's part of the get-up. Like, it's not just a movie. Like, that was something they had to do. Pretty sure John Elway has a restaurant out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he doesn't, then yeah. shame on them. Oh, the Denver Biscuit Company, if you guys are out in Denver, So, I don't know if you remember go. the show The Real World? Mm-mm. Never heard. The Real World? Mm-mm. I watched that. All right. DK knows. DK knows. All right. So, <laughs> you remember Real, Real World Denver. So the premise of the show is they take all these people who have who are polar opposites in personality, who are young, attractive, and they put them in a house. 
together. Oh, oh, I've seen like memes and, and they, stuff. They, <laughs> they have to they have to work while they're in the house. And I think what's the other criteria? Like don't get in fights, like fist fights. Which so the is opposite of the UFC version of that. Yes. <laughs> but they have to like work, and I think they have like a couple other things. They, like maybe they may do challenges or something along the way. Yeah, and it's just like shit talk. Like the very first episode, I think it was like Seattle or something, and they were like put an open racist what in there with like black people, you know, Asians, the whole nine. It's all a so you like you know instantly within like a couple hours, you know, you can tell like they're already mm-hmm. clicked up and shit. So like me being a fan of like the whole entire like every season pretty much up until like you know I got a little older, like I'm time for this show. I'm like working. And shit. <laughs> but, like uh, up until that point. Uh, I was a fan. I watched all of them, so it was dope. I got to like see the house. Obviously, it was like vacant, but like they, you know, they tricked the thing out and put like a bunch of expensive shit. But I got you. It's but show. literally, that house was in the middle of one city block, one average city block, to the left of it and to the right of it, and across the street, the entire block and blocks surrounding it were nothing but bars. Ah. <laughs> at the corner of that block was Core Stadium. So the oh, bar yeah. that we were at, you could look if you were out on their balcony or like on their patio area upstairs. You could look down and watch the games for free. That's wild. I mean, I've been around that area a lot. So I yeah. never even knew that was there. So imagine taking those crazy people and putting them in a place where alcohol is completely surrounding them. Yeah. Make yeah. for a good TV show. <laughs> and then, of course, they had like you know they had like the Mormon in there, and then they had the black guy. Like you know, it's it's. Oh yeah, like all of them. People <laughs> from all walks of life. And like, all right, add a little, add a little hate in here, add a little bigotry, add add a closet gay person. Like you know, like. And then they're like, alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> Throw it in the blender. That makes for TV, people. I like. <laughs> hey, that happens, you know. But it's, it's one of those things, yeah. I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but like, Denver's amazing. So I'm glad that you're associated with that. So hey, definitely. So, uh, that's definitely. Dope that you got to experience like that. But how old were you then? When, when I went back to Colorado? Yeah. I was, like I said, I was around nine. Okay, so you didn't get to do all the crazy things. But mm-hmm. Still a beautiful place. Me and DK went back, and her roommate... And August. Oh, yeah, she so has like right, right on the corner. Yeah, yeah, she has family out there. I have family out there. Colorado College, the Air Force Academy. Yeah, been to a couple fun. football games out there. That was very fun. They have a really good hockey team there. Mm-hmm. Hockey's big out there. Denver really, University, right there. They play the Pepsi Center. Mm-hmm. That's also a dope, uh, dope venue. If you get a chance to just come by there. I've seen Monster Jam there. The Avalanche, the, the Avalanche, the Avalanche, the Avalanche uh, fans are completely insane. Like, of course, I had like. I knew I was going to Denver, so I was like, I'm going to wear Detroit shit. We got booed everywhere. Like, People Michigan think stuff. you're a juggalo, you do that. Oh, man, it was crazy, <laughs> dude. It was crazy. But, like, fun times there. Um, so, after you went back to New York, that was, like, the last major place you lived before coming to South Carolina? Um, no, so it was, I went New York, Colorado, and then to South Carolina. Okay, so, so you got here when you were? Finishing... Eighth grade summer, right before ninth grade year. So like your preteen to adulthood yep. was like South Carolina. South like that Carolina. Must have been, well, how big was it? A culture shock or like? Um, it was it was a little bit of culture shock. I lived in Lugoff Elgin or Lugoff Elgin area for you guys. Oh my Lugoff Ward. Yeah, <laughs> but like I grew up in the country in New York, so that really wasn't that much of a difference. Like we had chickens, literally everything, the whole works. Oh, so yeah. I was same, like, oh cool, setup, let's go so through the same. woods. Yeah, nice. exactly. I enjoyed it very much. So I mean, like, so there's that. So explain to us, like, I was asked this question. I'll get to that one next. The, the perennial jujitsu question. Mm. Um, so you played sports and stuff in high school. Like, what, do you, what was that like for you? Uh, that was really fun. I mean, for you guys that don't know, I did get put in foster care. We 
didn't get in touch too much on that. It was fun though. I have lots of fun. <laughs> you, like, you made some like lifelong friends or like yeah, I did. I definitely have a lot of friends I still like play Xbox with. Um, a <coughs> few people that are actually like playing sports, doing good, getting in the paper. It's it's fun to is watch it in, them like, grow. Your family like oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, I have some lifelong friends from there for sure. That's dope. Like I've only I, I can say that maybe I had like a couple of friends like. They don't really, like same thing. They're like, I don't really want to talk about like how and why because you know we all know like something had to mm-hmm. happen to, to be there, but like I, what the one thing I notice about them is people, they tend to be, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is just my experience. They tend to be very resilient. Oh yeah, yeah. From the standpoint of like shit doesn't bother them. Mm-hmm. They're like this is nothing. Like oh yeah, you guys should hear. I'm the living way the joke around. I'm yeah, li- it's I'm great. Living the good life now compared like and they're like really dude like you're working three jobs and you're like <laughs> <laughs> you're living on your car like. I'm living the good life, baby. Like <laughs> my knees hurt. All I do is jujitsu. Like, I don't know like what suck. I don't know what pessimism is. Like you know, it's it's dope. Um, it's dope. Like just meeting and like it, like you bitch complain about like the small things and then like you're like wait they didn't go through all this and you're like okay I need to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things where you when you you learn and you, you learn things from them without even knowing it. You know the people that you know the experiences the experiences that they've you know, either told you about or you got to see happen and it's like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get why this person's like this. Like, all right, maybe I need to fucking figure out myself as well. Like, you know, so definitely, um, definitely learned a lot from, from some folks that went through the same, you know, or some similar situations. Most definitely. But, so there was that and then, so moving along to South Carolina, school, how was that? Like, did you play sports and everything? And I mean, I really didn't. I was a very talkative person. I mean, all I did was talk to people and run my mouth <laughs> and play football and lift weights. I actually started wrestling to stay in shape for football, ended up falling in love with wrestling, and then that led to jiu-jitsu. And they stuff pulled later the whole, on. like, you have to play another sport in the off-season. I actually know. you just did it on your own? I did it on my own. And I saw the wrestling coach one day, and he was like, do you want to wrestle for us? And I was like, I don't think I'm big enough to do that. And he said, it don't matter. Just come. And I said, said, you know what? called a weight class? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't know nothing about wrestling at all. I stepped on the mats, and I said, what in the heck? And, like, Ray J, do you play football too, right? No, I only just did wrestling just and wrestling? track one year. Mm. Nice. But wrestling all four years. Wrestling's where it's at, yeah. yeah like this is one thing I always yell about Reggie. Like if you if you're at the gym, you'll see me getting after Reggie. Reggie is gonna whip my ass one day, real bad. He's gonna fuck me up. But uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, Reggie, you're a state you're a state champ, right? No. <laughs> you're a state champ? No. A state finalist? No. Not even close. Bruh, I only did it like four years, and I was on a JV. Mm-hmm. Was there like? strategy behind that like for the coach or is like you just not like, really it's just you earn your spots like yeah we had wrestle offs yeah like Shit. you yeah, gotta yeah, wrestle you, for your spot you wrestle for your spot that's how we did it to get on varsity you have to earn that so that must have been like i mean like the mental fortitude to be like i'm fucking seeing well it's a it's a difficult sport yeah. like jujitsu like and wrestling is all physical strength i'll tell you what after going to uh to to colin colin god's about uh, has a uh a wrestling class he has here. What day is it again? Like Wednesdays. 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 Oh, I love his wrestling class. It's awesome. Is, is, is he have one more for adults? Is it just Wednesday at five? Yeah, I think Wednesday. it's just Wednesday. Yeah, or it might be four for kids and five. No, I think it's six I for it adults. Either yeah. way, check out the Like It MMA uh, yeah. website, um, and it'll be on there. But I went to that sucker, and the next day my body hurt everywhere. <laughs> and like you know, like you figure, like jujitsu is not. It's not. 
they call it the gentle art, but it is not that. I mean, even just the movements alone, mm-hmm. without somebody, you know, trying to take your freaking soul, the entire, you know, time, uh, it, you find yourself getting conditioned to that. And I feel like we get lazy as jujitsu players sometimes. Oh, I definitely have. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I can just get away with this and that. And then when you switch over and you go to a wrestling class, it's like everything's explosive. Everything's done with a purpose. These movements aren't lazy in any way, shape, or form. There's no cutting corners. Mm-mm. I mean, the match time is only three minutes. And, I mean, it's some of the longest three minutes of your life. Right time. Sure. That was an hour-long class, and we moved the entire damn time. Mm-hmm. Non-stop. Start to end. It was awesome. <laughs> that's just the thing about wrestling. It's no joke. Like, that's the motherfucker right there. I mean, so many UFC champions and just world champions are already wrestlers, D1 wrestlers. I, found, I find, like, their learning curve for jiu-jitsu is, is, not as, is not as long as ours. I feel when I f- made the transition from wrestling to jiu-jitsu, I literally, like, my senior year, I quit everything and just went straight to jiu-jitsu full-time. I was training seven days a week. But, the e- like, it was, you already know all the top positions and everything. You just kind of plug the submissions into that. And learning not to fall to your back. Or too far to your back, basically. And so, belly out. so with that being said, like you found a home here for uh, for MMA and, and pretty much all of your martial arts journey here in South Carolina up until this last year, right? Yeah, basically. Um, was uh, with Team Robinson. Yeah, I've been with Team Robinson. That's where I started most of my MMA stuff. I've trained a lot of gyms around South Carolina, North Carolina. Um, but just really recently, we've been traveling to, like, Florida and stuff like that to train. That's been real fun. Tenth Planet, they're awesome, definitely. Soul Fighters is pretty dope, too. And, I mean, I feel like that's... <coughs> huh? Yeah, Lycan, um, besides Deepwaters, is probably been the longest gym I've been consistent at, for sure. And we're now neighbors. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty dope. I'm trying to get their guys to come over there. There's some, there's some killers over there that would probably fit real well over here. It'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, when I say we're neighbors, ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying, if you walk out the front door of this place, and you bust the left to like you're off like I guess like the little patio front entrance area, and you look, you could toss an unseasoned, non-division one football player, like right now, give me like ten warm-up throws, and I can probably toss a football in a beautiful deep waters from here. Probably, not. yeah, probably. It, I don't think it's above maybe like sixty yards. If, maybe. If. So it's pretty interesting. Um, there's a dynamic, and I would say, hey guys, come on over and. I've trained there for like all of like a week. Wasn't for me, not bashing, just they do things differently. Just like, you know, mm-hmm. it was here and at the time I was looking for more structure. So I had to ease out of the structure that I was in to land here. So, but I'm here now and I'm super happy. I'm super happy with everything here. And like, I'm glad, you know, because at first I was like, man, am I ever gonna find a place that like just fits me? You mm-hmm. know, where I feel like I'm getting my money's worth and I'm also like getting the experience I'm getting you know, everybody, everything from, like, world beaters to, you know, the novice that's here. And we're fitting in and starting to, starting to fill, uh, like, coaching duties. Like, I love to teach. I love to teach. It's fun, yeah. And sure. just the look on somebody's face when they, when they nail it. Like, when they get the technique, you know, like, you can see that like their face lights up. Like, like magic. <laughs> Dude, it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I love to oh compete and stuff too, but it, it feels really good to watch someone like understand it fully. You're just like, yes, I got it. <laughs> the sparks go off, and you're just like, yes. It's awesome. Like even even seeing um, even during competition, like watching all you guys compete, win, lose, or draw. It's like they went out there and they gave it everything they got. You can tell. Mm-hmm. You can tell, or you can see the disappointment, or you can see the excitement. Even with the disappointment, like I like being there, 
just to be like, hey, man, like, shit happens, bro. It does. Yeah, y'all were there definitely supporting me. I did terrible in my last competition. Well, like, all right, first of all, a lot of y'all, <laughs> let me, let me put, let me, <laughs> let me explain what, what I saw from, like, two oh. mats. So, so the way I had to set it up, it was, like, what, like, five mats straight. Like I think it was six. Or, per side. No, it might have been seven or eight, maybe. Per side. So I think it was like this particular one was like four mats a side. Yeah. Now mind you, standard ring. Then you had the you know the the area in between where they had like the computers and the score and tables and all that stuff. And yeah. then everything was like you know they got it inside of like the uh, the barriers. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty decent sized area. So I'm on the opposite side, behind the mat uh, that's parallel. Right. With where he was competing, I'm like changing out clothes. I'm like, hey, where's? They're like, oh, Jake's competing. And I'm like, wait, what? And I look up. First thing I see is his opponents tries to fucking go into a flying flying something. His leg came up. He had Jake's arm. I'm like, oh shit! I see Jake's ponytail like go down, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I can't get over there fast enough before like I actually got back into my slides and was getting ready to walk over. It was over. It was was like I was like, oh, he's not about to be happy. But at the same time, like we all as a group, we know we got to work on, bro. Like Mm -hmm. we did not have a great outing. Mm -mm. Um, but it's it's part of competing. You're gonna get dusted every once in a while. I feel like uh, we all trained super hard and had some world class black belts come in, and a lot of us went in there a little too big headed. I know I did. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your first one, man. Was it your first IBJJF? It was my first IBJF. Oh, Dude, the freaking gi people look, pissed you know, me off. You know what the worst part about my first IBJJF was, or at least the perceived worst part was, knowing that mine was recorded. Yeah. I don't know if mine was long yeah. enough to be recorded. Oh no, no. I, tr- trust me, you beat me. You beat I like I would have beaten you to a shortness. I think mine was like 15 seconds long. Mm-hmm. My second, my first nogi was like 15 seconds long. First of all, I didn't belong in the weight class whatsoever. Did I mess around and did I you so jump up? I, I fought middle. Mm, and, and I was like like one. I was on the lower side. I was like 171. Oh, yeah. I just recently got back to one around the 170 weight you range. You pulled me down, bro. I was like, I don't belong in this weight class. <laughs> he pushed my head down and freaking. Snap me down. Yeah, he snapped you down. He had the he, he could have gone for like the guillotine, but I, I defended that. He was so damn heavy, I couldn't even get a frame. Like, I collapsed to my side, mm-hmm. and then like kind of gave it a pause to see if he's gonna move and try to scramble out of it. No. And he said, "Fuck it." He already had the uh, underhook, mm. and he just darts me. Wrestling at that weight class was tough too. It was, was like, th- and that was class. the thing. Like we squared up. I'm like, this dude. I don't know if I just got my own head. More than likely. More than likely, like I'm about 90% sure I got into my own head after fighting earlier that day. I don't think oh, yeah, my conditioning here. is at the point yet to fight my weight class, open class, and then on top of that, uh, go and then fight Nogi after. It's not there yet. Well, I feel like it's just a learning curve, you know, for everybody. Because, like, I lost my first one. I think I lost, like, in a minute. Mm-hmm. Dude took my back. I went for a shot. Didn't recover well. Took the back and instantly went for a <laughs> choke. So I, I think, yeah, there's a lot that, you know, as a team, and I think we all, if you're honest with yourself and you know where your weaknesses are at and you come in and you're like, we need to work on this. Like, my thing is get my guard pass from a seated position. Once I'm down there, I wasn't, I'm working on it, but I wasn't active enough. Like, mm-hmm. hey, man, don't wait, don't respond. Set up your game. Right. That's Same right. as when you're standing. Guard, that was my problem. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, what do you think? I was like, Shoot, she just got really to work. Good like, for her huh. first competition, first one ever. Went yeah. straight to IBJJF, full savage. Yeah, yeah like I, I, I got a new breed in beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it's still like, it's like I, 
sports outing ever. I talked about it before. If you've listened before, it did not go how I thought it was going to go. Like, not the worst case scenario, but not a cool, uh, not the cool, the cool smooth start that you would hope for. Right. So you all envision in your head before you Hell step no, on the mat. Hell no, shit is catastrophe, <laughs> and I just couldn't shake it off. Like I had fought, and then my second fight was like less than five minutes later. Dang. Oh, that's tough. And I was recovering from getting my eye poked. Like, mm. this wasn't no like, oh, slip of his finger kind of no, 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 no. The second knuckle went in. That was a two knuckler. The two knuckler into the eye. eye. <laughs> So yeah, it, I actually didn't have vision for a bit. Not an excuse. I needed to get. I needed to do. That's why I, we roll with our eyes closed, right? Mentally, like, okay. right? Mentally, <laughs> there's nothing like having your eyes open. And you can't see out of it. Yeah, that's probably terrifying. And the pain, like him poking the eye doesn't feel. The good. initial pain sucks, and then once the pain went away, like your adrenaline's still pumping. Yeah. I had like a migraine after that joint. I imagine. Because it was actually more like a. The poke was so quick, it was like a punch. <laughs> I went down like a bitch, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not like. No doubt about it, probably some of the worst pain I felt, like, that quickly. I've been jabbed before. I've been punched in the face before. Like, you kind of ride that off. Like, oh, okay. Getting punched is a little different. I can take that pain. I don't like getting tattoos either. What? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're going to back this up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, Jake, tell us a little bit about what you do for a living. So, uh, I do do tattoos. I don't like getting them. I like giving them. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, where, where, where have you landed now? Like, where, where are you working now? Um, I'm at a shop in Sumter. It's called Broken Arrow. It's a pretty dope shop. Um, that's really about it, yeah. He's got a good crew there. It's on North Boltman Drive. Yeah, if you guys are ever <laughs> out there, come swing by, check it out, say hello. Don't even have to get a tattoo. Because I have, like, tattoo anxiety. Really? Do you get real nervous before you get one? Like, there's always a thought of, this is about to be permanent. And oh I only get that anxiety goodness. the first time I have somebody tattoo me. Especially someone new. Jake did an amazing job. I got to go back in for touch-up. Anything that's wrong with the tattoo is completely my aftercare uh, procedures. I got a little, uh, how do I say, um, I got so excited about the process that I didn't plan out the fact that I might need to take some time off from work where I'm required to wear a uniform and like just the aftercare. I was like, I just want to get it. I just want to get this time. And like, it seemed like every time I tried to schedule it, like something popped up you know, in my life or family or work or something. I was like, damn it. So when I got the time, like I, I had to get babysitter for that joint. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. you guys were talking about that. Luckily, babysitter. I had to get my old coworker, uh, uh, Miss Miss Gorbett. She watched the kids, and she had her kid uh, chat, so it was dope. So she watched him for like six hours. Yeah, we went to town on that piece. Oz sat like a beast, though. Like it was really weird. Like I never. I, that was my first leg tattoo. Like I on my thigh, and I was like, oh, this ain't bad at all. I figured, like, with it being here, I was like, oh, this is about to be dumb sensitive. <laughs> People take the thigh well. And it's like, this ain't shit compared to, like, because I, I was thinking this is going to rival ribs. No, no. I don't have any on my ribs. I have one on my calf. That was terrible. It comes ribs, up behind my knee. When you feel it, especially if you don't have a little a little meat to you, you're a scrawny when you get it. Like, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like you can feel it when you're it stressed out. It feels like out. razor blades just, like, sl- Slicing they're, like especially if they're open. doing shading and they're like, you can feel it just like on your rib cage. It shoots up to your spine in some spots. You're like, all right. The most tender area though, inner arm close to armpit. Really? Dude, that. How'd your um your sternum feel, Ray J? I saw that piece you had there. Uh, like it was okay in the beginning, but afterwards <laughs> I was feeling it. Why did I do this? <laughs> But the thing is, he kept, like, pouring water on it, like, to just wash it a little bit, like, make it, like, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I ain't gonna lie. I use helpful. numbing stuff sometimes. So I did the numb. I've done that one of my clients for the sleeve, the half sleeve. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I had the inner done. I just had the script and it went around it and mm-hmm. everything else. One sitting. Wow. And That's a good bit he, of work. He for numbed one sitting, it. Though. He numbed it and I was like, another like six hours in. And he moved quickly and everything, but like he was like, "Are you sure you want to do one?" I was like, "Dude, get this shit over." Because like at that point, like I'd done a couple others that I went back for, and like there's always that anything can happen to a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. They're human. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're locked up. They could die. They could be sick. They can't make the appointment, or they just bail out and move out of the town or whatever, or they shut down. It's like now I have half your tattoo on me. So I never wanted that to happen again. That's why like I'm, I have this thing. I I need to make sure like have a really good relationship. It's like having. And it's like in the black community, like having a barber. As you can tell, I don't need one now because <laughs> I, I rock the baldy. Mm-hmm. But when I do actually want to get like a haircut or whatever, and like, I'm, like, I'm going to cut my hair this year and keep it cut. Yeah, you got your barber, you know. We're like this. Yeah. Like I have their personal number. Right. It's not like, I oh, I'll just walk too. in and like, nah, nah. Are you going to be there? Because I don't want to waste my time. Mm-hmm. I definitely noticed there's two types of tattoo clients. There's the people kind of like you who pick the one person and they're done, and then there's collectors who are like, oh, everywhere I go, I'm going to get a tattoo. Those type of people just, like, want it right then. Exactly. They don't care who they does don't it. Care. <laughs> who does it. Like, so that's the one thing I noticed, like, especially, like, all my early tattoos, with the exception of the half sleeve, like, I was kind of like, if this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It really does. It's I like, mean, now, now it's, like, so naked. It's like, I, I need something to fill this arm. So that's, I think that's probably going to be the next. Uh, hey, there we go. At least it ain't nothing bad. <laughs> the person who did it is a dope tattoo artist. I was just a fucking idiot. And I went with my roommate, and he's like, you want to get tattooed today? I'm like, yes. <laughs> he's like, all right. I don't think I'd say no to that question. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I was terrified. Like Very first tattoo. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, let's let's do it. And I was supposed to get double double starred up for the forearms. And she's like, you want to do the second one? I'm like, you know, I'm just I'm done with this. And she took the time with it and did well. I'm like, But it was just like, I don't know if I can come back and do this again. Fast forward. And I sit and get my ribs done. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, a y- like less than a year later. So, like, she's like, are you sure? Like, because you kind of, like, I was like, I understand I act like a bitch with my first tattoo, but I really want this second one. And she's like, all right. I was like, oh, this doesn't even hurt. She's like, oh, it doesn't hurt? All right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let's turn it up a little bit. She's like, oh, you're a big guy. You're a tough guy. Though. You can take it. I'm like, you should maybe go a little bit lighter, ma'am. <laughs> but she's dope. Um, I don't know if she's still tattooing, but her name was Zira, and she tattooed in Ypsilanti, Michigan. She, I believe she still does all my brother's tattoos. Oh, that's what's sick. He's like, he's got dope theme. He's got like, uh, like a lot of the Egyptian gods and goddesses and symbols where I he's got like a full sleeve that's tattoos. like that, and it's sick. But like that's his theme for him. Like our last name being Amun Ra, you know, Kemetic and Egyptian like uh, symbolism. He's like, dude, yeah. Because this is one thing my dad was like. I'm Are not, you actually Egyptian? I'm. I'm not. Okay. I'm not from uh, from that that cultural background necessarily, but our last name. That's my pretty dad, dope, though. My dad had to change that one. He's like, I don't want no slaves. <laughs> <laughs> legit, legit. I mean, you think about it. So his family being the Chateaus, um, well, the Cheatham's, they changed it from the Chateau. The Chateau is, uh, is, a, is a plantation, French plantation in, I believe, North Carolina. Oh, interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot of so plantations. So with our names being attached to that and, you know, eventually marrying out, being Roberts and everything, you know, my water side of the family, same thing. Like, you start getting, you know, you start getting into uh, your history. You start looking back, like, that is you were named by last names you took after a piece of property. That's wild. You're a piece of property from a plantation. Hell no, I don't want to be identified. I don't want to identify with that. Although I'm proud of you know how you know right. we survived, but like exactly. it's like nah, I'm good, dude. And like if you if you look at South Africa, you look in the phone book, um, 
get to see hundreds and thousands of people whose last names are after the months of the year because it came directly from the manifest from the Dutch. Oh, wow. That's from the wild. month that they arrived, that, that was your last name. You know, Not from the month that you were dropped off there. You know, a lot of people, like black people, like was integrated from Africa a while back, crossed up to Europe first. Oh, yeah. Like they all went to Hades, and that's how it all spread it through South America. So you see, you got your Haitians, so you have your Haitians in on the same island on the other side. Dope ass history, fun fact. So you'll have, I think it's the right side, and then you have the DR on the left. So the Dominican Republic, mm-hmm. Spain. Haitian, French, island divided. It's pretty wild. Yeah, the French fucked that one up. Oh, yeah. The French were fucking a lot to fuck up. I mean, like, well, <laughs> luckily, they were not as uh, organized, and they I don't think they saw at the time. I forget what year that exactly that was, but you can look in the history books for yourself. Long ago. But let's just say there there definitely was a revolt. They were like, we're not taking this shit and making Oh, yeah. They got independence through, you know, war. Yeah, Hades, that's how Hades got his independent for, like, I think, 80 years. They had it. They won their independence out there. That's awesome. That there people sticking up for what they believe they in. They killed up a whole bunch of people. Yeah. To get it. It wasn't easy. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> they, they, they killed them French people. Yeah. Hey, look. French fry. Anyway. <laughs> Freedom is not cheap Freedom. sometimes. Hey, look. I wonder if it was part of, like, the Seven Years War or the French and Indian War or anything like that. It would, took a no, while. They it got, took a while, though. They like, got yeah. decimated by the Haitian soldiers, like, for real. Yeah. When they took their over own, their own, uh, they their own, like, uh, what do you like, re- rebellion. Yeah, yeah, basically the whole. And rebellion then when the France tried to come back, they lost again. They're like, you know what, y'all can have it. They <laughs> did basically. <laughs> people don't need to be controlled you, like that in the first place. You got this, dog. But yeah. I think Leave people it ended like in eighty years. So I there's think a, the Spanish. There's actually a good documentary if you get a chance to watch it. It's like a five part series. It's on HBO Max. Bro, there's so many good things on it's HBO called, Max. It's called. We need um, to get this. It's called Exterminate All the Brutes. Yeah. And have you seen it? Pretty I've seen like episodes, the episode like where we was talking about the Hades part. Okay. It's like probably like the third episode out of the, like the five, and it goes into everything world history from the you know the slave trade to um, all the aspects of what make you know what makes you the brute. You can go to the Holocaust and every, everything. Like it, it's freaking nuts. A lot I'm a little of bit of a nerd, so I'll probably check that out. Oh, you're going to love it. This ain't like your, like no, your high is, school history. This is, right. the, this is the real legit, no deal. Yeah, not, it's legit, not, legit. For the sake of it, I'm not going to, like, I hate using the term, but, like, it's not whitewashing. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's very much like, this is what actually happened. I watched this documentary called Seaspiracy the other day. And oh, this yeah, lady yeah, was talking that about that. I, I, had to stop, I had to stop watching it. She was talking. I had to stop watching it. Why? She said, eliminate all fish, and then the lady said, she didn't say that. And then it repeated, and it said, eliminate all fish. It'll make you think. So they actually go for that one. They actually go over the, um, I forget what the what the director and what the main I guess the I guess the director's name was, but the couple that ended up going to Japan, mm-hmm. and they were talking Look at about all the shark fins, and the stuff shark like fins, that. but even before the that, dolphins. the dolphins. Yeah, the mm-hmm. dolphins when they're just, just slaughtering the dolphins. Just for a certain part of them. Like, the reason why they were killing the dolphins is because of like the tuna that. industry. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're killing all the dolphins off because dolphins eat tuna, but they're like overpopping or overfishing. So that's killing the fish, and then they're killing the dolphins. Yeah, like like they're act- and then when they kill them off, they take the young ones and then put them into the like the uh, like Sea World, their <laughs> version of Sea World in Japan. Mm-hmm. What's this show called? It's sea Spiracy. It's just it's, it's, tell you something, it's like Jay. a movie. It'll it's mess you. Up. It'll make you not want to even eat like fish anymore. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, it's like, pretty. And wild. all the nasty crap that's in the ocean, like mm-hmm. sea lice with farm fish and like everything. The giant glob that's like the size of Australia, the floating <laughs> floating trash. Floating, yeah, like, it's crazy. Like stuff you just don't see because I mean, if you don't, 
99.9% of the people on the face of the planet don't live on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that. how fishing is definitely like one of the main problems in all the ocean's problems. Yeah, which is crazy. Like the amount of actual Fish. trash that comes from people being out there. Yeah, don't quote me on this, but I think they said it was like 43 or 46% of the actual trash that's out there and like plastics is from fish, like fish rigs nets, and stuff. Nets out there yeah, that they bail and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But that, so that that's one thing, and uh, so we kind of we kind of touched um, on how you started jujitsu. But like I, for me, I know I had certain things I did that drove me towards jujitsu, and I think a lot of times like people have like that one or two things that kept you there. Like for instance, like I went through a patch where my pops died, and I was like nothing mattered, mm-hmm. nothing mattered to me. I mean, I remember having to sit down and I talked to my wife, and I was like, look. I'll never forget this because he passed away on the 13th of June. That Sunday of that week was Father's Day. Mm. So legit, mm-hmm. he passed away. We were there for like the repast. I'm instantly at the house for like a couple days before coming through. I got on a plane on Friday night. I was back in town. I ended up slipping and had some stuff that happened where I wasn't able to get back into town until... Saturday late, so Sunday morning I woke up for Father's Day. So that was my first Father's Day. It was like less than forty hours after he passed. That's so tough. without him, and I literally had to come. I had that conversation. Look, like I don't even know how I'm pulling myself together right now to even have this conversation. But I'm gonna have to tell my kids that Grandpa's not here because I don't want them coming down to the funeral and then finding out that. Mm-hmm. So I had to tell them that that just like gut punch. So I couldn't even imagine. That's probably jujitsu at the time was like very like this is secondary until i can like figure myself out so fast forward we ended up getting a humanitarian assignment to come to south carolina so i could be closer to my mom because we're in new jersey be closer to my mom in uh in georgia so it's like about three hour maybe four hour ride so right up the road and i'm you know it's it's great and everything but like jujitsu had become part of my life i got my blue belt the year before and i you know feeling like i was you know you know the plateau and everything and dealing with that and then I ended up getting back on the mat. So my first time hitting the anniversary of my dad's death and then hitting like his birthday is my anniversary. Mm. He married myself and my wife. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I remember getting back on the mats and like something just didn't go my way. And I was like, I was a baby again. I literally took my gi and like tossed it over my head and it was just falling. And our coach Nader was like, bro, you good? I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't even know how Nader would react to that situation, to be honest with you. Because, like, he's watching. It's like, oh, you didn't do anything, like, terribly wrong or anything. But he's like, you get it. I'm like, no, I'm not even mad at my, you know, my training partner or anything like that. I'm just overwhelmed. Exactly, yeah. And I'm just overwhelmed. And, like, it all just hit me one time. But, like, everybody was, like, super supportive. So, like, that's one of the things that, for me, as I travel throughout my jiu-jitsu journey, I've learned that these are, like, this is my family. Because I don't have family, like, right. I can just reach out and touch them, like, every day living across the country, deploying, going all over the world, stuff like that, like, you come here every day that you're here. Like, I'm literally here damn near every day. When I miss a day, it's like I feel like I miss a week. It really does. So for me, like, mentally, even if I'm not performing at the top or to 100% of my capacity, being here on the mats is huge for me. It's like almost spiritual, bro. Like, I have to be on the mat. It is. I mean, everyone everyone here supports each other so much. Like, it's almost, I mean... 
it's almost, I'd say, like a crutch almost. You know, you're feeling down, but you know that you come here, whether you have a good role or not, your teammates are going to be there looking out for you, like asking if you're okay. Or, I mean, it's just a good way to get your mind off things, I mean, to be honest I mean, with you. He had a freak out just the other day. Like, uh, Bryce. Bri- oh. teammate Bryce. Like, we thought he was gone. We, like, yeah, we had a worry we, oh, yeah, we were all freaked out about Bryce. Ooh, he's yeah. like, oh, man, my phone died. Like, <laughs> I was with the chick, and we're all, like, scrambling, trying to make sure he's alive. Yeah, his pop showed up. Like, his pop showed up. Like, it's a family. He was supposed to show up at noon class, and he never came, and his dad was here at, like, 2 o'clock looking for him. And we're, and we're like, like um, well, if he's looking for you, you must be kind of serious. Yeah. I can hear Bryce now, like, thanks, guys. I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean think we, like and, I, and I know if you're listening, dude, like, we love you, man. Like, no matter, like, how goofy you are, and we accept it, we love you, dude. Like, so, like, when that shit happens, we're like, fuck. Even, like, mm-hmm. I've had that happen with, like, I think once before here, and she never came back to train, so her name is not relevant. But she came back, and, like, this is right when the riots and shit were popping off. She's like, oh, I got, like, a brother that's down in Atlanta. Mm. This is last summer. Um, or last last spring. And that's when they, you know, they were like, hey, we're going to have curfew here and everything. And I'm like, coach is like, you think we should maybe, like, cancel class tonight? I'm like, I wouldn't have it. There's going to be riots, you know, like. Yeah, just People to be, to be on the street, you know, like, at night. So it's like, if anything, just have like noon class, but like not have the night, yeah, especially night classes. At night. Yeah. Because, you know, you got to leave, you got to get on the road. Some people live like towards downtown and shit like that. So I was like, I don't hey. even think the riots really were super bad here. Was uh, I mean, kind of in Charleston. They were bad here. They were bad here. Yeah, I don't like know. S- Charleston got like hit bad. Seven or eight cop cars lit on fire. Oh, wow. People oh, I remember hurt. seeing the YouTube dogs, videos and dogs, stuff about like Slay's dog yeah. died, yeah. like cars being busted up. Just stuff that had nothing to do with the actual movement itself. Mm-hmm. Just like, just violence. Mm-hmm. Random. It, it was a lot of chaos. On fire in the mall. I remember sure watching the mayor. Yeah, the watching mall, the mayor the of uh, Columbia. In front of the cop. He got. I was like, place. and he literally said these words verbatim: "Curfew will be at like 3 p.m. We're shutting it down. You don't need to be on the street. Take your asses home." He said asses. Because it's, it's, it's a yeah. lot of grown people out there doing this, you know, and I mean, it's not helping it's, the cause at all. Still, it's the people that, that don't watch the news, exactly, we're like still showing up, like trying to go about their like their normal not like right. Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, they don't. And I'm at work, like, on. I need to call my commander, like the wing commander. It was like his second day at our installation, so he hadn't even gotten his household shipment yet. He's still setting up everything. He's still trying to meet people and figure out where everything's at, like his office and shit like that. So I had to, I had to call him, like I had his numbers, like, hey called us over to our, you know, cops on Shaw, um, Shaw, and I'm like, uh, so I don't know if you know this right now, but there's definitely a riot happening in Columbia. There's a curfew being set. Like, I feel like there's probably going to be something in Sumter because it's not too far away. Any other major city might have some kind of protest or something crazy. So, like, what's up? We had to blast out, like, hey, all, you know, personnel, if you're not at work, stay at home. Don't be out in the street. Avoid these areas because anything can happen. Mm-hmm. You might have to not antagonize anything. Just be in the wrong place, wrong time, stuck exactly. at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. There's some disturbance in the street. You can't get around it. They're destroying anything in their path. They don't care about your politics. They don't mm-hmm. care about whatever. What can They're I do? Just angry. <laughs> like, I knew me. I was like, I can't be on the street because if I got my kids with me or something like that, or my wife with me, and somebody rolls up and they're trying to rip me out of my car, it's going to be death. Bro, that thank you. Like, you part of the process. Like, for real, I've seen cops, like, hit people that weren't even in the protest. Well, in, like, just walking past the protest, trying to go home. Mm-hmm. It's like a dude on a bike trying to walk and dude still hitting him while he's trying to leave. You're like, I'm trying to get out of here. Like, <laughs> you still hitting me. <laughs> is jujitsu even going to work in this scenario? <laughs> no, that's where the cardio aspect comes in. Like, I'm just going to run. Are you laced up, bro? It's time to run. But, like, yeah, so, like. That's th- why I always wear shoes. So, did, did, did anything for, like, any of y'all, like, as far as, like, getting to getting into jujitsu, did, like, did you see any, like, help as far as, like, 
with your personal like psyche and mental and, and do you carry anything over from jujitsu into I feel like that's what keeps your me coming life? back to jujitsu personally yeah, is the mental honest. aspect of it um, like it's not easy nah so like the, I think one of the, the hardest challenge things I've personally ever done the challenge of it draws you back in but also like there's some things in life like that I like oh things might not be going the greatest at work hey well if I can deal with somebody trying to murder me exactly I it's think just I can like deal with this minor inconvenience and you start looking at things differently like okay what do I need to do oh, I'm putting the work in in jujitsu I need to spend those extra uh, reps at work you know? it's kind of like being in a tight spot you know you got someone smashing you and mount and you know life sucks kind of at the same time what do you do you breathe relax and work yourself out of it one step at a time like that's the only thing that you can do that's probably something i've learned a lot it's like you can't you can't be a white belt don't don't spaz out <laughs> exactly life, yeah if you spaz out it might have some <laughs> might have some consequences you know like you say leave mat you gotta go man sit down for a minute sit down don't hurt yourself knock out yeah it's, it's weird because you start looking at you start looking at certain things like that. wow wow did i really just apply Jiu-jitsu, like, theory to life? Mm-hmm. I, I apply it to tattooing, too, and tattooing to jiu-jitsu. It's like, like m- it all meticulous. Like, mm-hmm. I'm planning this out. I have a strategy behind it. I know exactly what I need to do. Mm-hmm. do I, am I good at this? Where are my weak spots at? Exactly. Do I get my reps in? Like, exactly. It helps Deals you forget character. about your real problems, too, for a little while. Or deal with them. On, like, that's the one thing I find. Like, if you bring – and that's – there's certain days, like, Coach talks about all the time, we see some of his athletes or, you know, us as teammates. I'll look at some people and I'm like, What's going on? Let me just pull you to the side because your mind's not on this. And if your mind's not on jiu-jitsu when you're at jiu-jitsu, or any combat sport for that matter, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, 100%. Or hurt your training partner. Yeah, if you're not locked in. I remember one day I was like, I think it was like, I apologize, Bryce, but it was like one of your first days. (laughs) You're being like a a spazzy white belt, you know, and it happens. We've all been there. Oh, 100%. I'm a spazzy blue belt. You know, some people people aren't brave enough to talk to their training partners because either they don't know them that well or be like, hey, man, like, I didn't really appreciate this or whatever. Like, let's just try to control it. Let's, get, let's, let's learn together. Let's grow together. Let's not just try to murder each other at all costs. Like, we didn't learn shit. Mm-hmm. In five minutes is up. We just got done thrashing one another, but, like, neither, neither one of us actually had a technique. We got pulled aside, Jake. I don't think... This like, is like, rolling hard before? Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think... Hard, who pulled us apart? Nader, maybe? Nader was like, yeah. What the fuck did you guys just do? Like, <laughs> we, we were like, we're, uh, we're fine, right? Like, we're fine. <laughs> we went to war. And I think, Jake, I think you were like maybe a couple weeks out from getting your blue belt. Maybe mm. like a month. And I just remember being like, I'm tired. But I was like, in my head, before he even said anything, I was like, I think I know what this is about. But we were both kind of looking at each other like, we're good, right? Like, there's no animosity or anything. Like, But we didn't. Accomplish. Like we didn't accomplish shit. No, we didn't. We just that role was just like maybe got ourselves more tired than normal. Yeah, <laughs> that's he was really like, about y'all it. didn't chill out. What's going on? I'm like, ego fueled possibly. He's like, well, Jake's like, yeah, man, you good? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem. But it was just like we feed off of one another's energy. So like, if one person is spazzing the fuck out, or not even spazzing out, just trying to win mm-hmm. instead of grow, and we were both like, you know. I'm not about to lose this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens. Yeah, that's what happens. It's like, just you, stalemate. You, you know? get cautious. And, and like, yeah, like, there was like no dominant position. I think, yeah, we, I think we were. I think we ended in 50 50. Like, fuck. It's, it's usually <laughs> how it goes 50 50, and I'm always trying to pass your freaking guard. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. All right. I wonder what that score would have been. I don't like, even know. Like. I didn't even really start understanding the rules until Nader took me under his wing and was like, you don't know nothing. I was like, you're right. <laughs> Basically. <Yeah. laughs> Thanks for letting me know that. 
I agree. Yeah. But it's so weird. I mean, like, and like just how I, I, we, I had to remind you of that. Mm-hmm. Where there's like that. That to me, I was like, I remember I left and I was like, Jake's one of my best training partners. He's like, he's only been here for like a couple months. I was like, I know. <laughs> but like, because like we're closer in size, not age, but size, skill, skill level mm-hmm. is there and it just it helps. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get somebody who thinks likewise about their approach to training. And then on top of that, like you have all the other aspects, the physical aspects are like, okay, we're closer. We're closer. It just sucks when you, when you get super you're a fucking heavyweight and you got like myself, Ray J. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a lightweight, where like, fuck. I mean, I was I had stood some semblance, some semblance of a chance as a middleweight. It's just you know kind of muscling around a little bit, but you can't lay back and relax for that. Like mm-hmm. other, you, these guys can just lay on you, you know. Like I feel like that was a, a lot of my problem with some of my first few competitions. You know, I got so used to just like being lazy, kind of playing hard and doing all that, and then you go to a competition and it's they just steamrolls over you. It's a whole speed. It is. It's a whole different planet. Different yeah. level. It's all another speed, and you're like, and, it, and I think sometimes it has you questioning yourself too. Oh, 100 percent. Like, am I fucking? Am I hot garbage? Bro? Like, am I like, hot garbage? Am I even like average? where I should be and this is one thing I learned um, never compare yourself or in jiu-jitsu or in life to somebody else mm-hmm. worry about your development because if you spend your time being like wow that, that guy's a blue belt or that guy's a purple belt and I've been training like you know for you know this many years or this many months and they got more stripes than you on their, on their belt like okay that, that's their journey why are you concerned with that I had to do that same thing tattooing, which I think I kind of learned tattooing first and then translated that to jiu-jitsu. But, I mean, especially with Instagram, you know, you look and you see all these different artists work and it's so crazy good. And I'm just like, damn, like, will I ever even be able to create art that looks like this? But that's not my journey, you know. I have art that I'm supposed to create. And jiu-jitsu, that's, we're that's, supposed that's to share. the beautiful you know? thing about it is, like, although we are performing the same rudimentary, like, I guess, movements and techniques – we're going to execute them differently because we're all different body types. We all have different hinges and, and, and injuries and, and abilities. That's why it's called an art. You know, it's your own personal take on it, basically. And I feel like this, this is like one of the only sports I feel like I get mostly humbled in. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like you, you will be humbled. It doesn't matter how good Bridget, you are. you've got to be – between you and Bryce, you've got to be one of the mo- like most like receptive people. Like, Reggie is only going to get thrashed – on average, a couple times with something where it's like, all right. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. Or, <laughs> like, what, yeah. did I do? what did I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what did I do? Or, like, how do I figure this out? Or you're at least asking questions. And it's very rare that you let shit get to you on the mat. And I think that comes from wrestling. Well, yeah, because it's like, you know, doing four years of wrestling, you know, you wrestle with guys that have been doing this shit, like, since they were six. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They could walk and take so shots. So you're in a room full of, sh- like, like, they like, Dragon Ball Z, and you see everybody's power level, right? <laughs> it's like, like that. You're just like two. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. It's like you know the guys that can mess you up, but it's like for me back then, I just did it just to do it. And for jujitsu, it's like I'm just doing jujitsu now just to do it. I ain't even worried about if I lose. Mm-hmm. It's just all training. And I tell the guys that be losing to me, like, bro, I was never the best wrestler. Thanks. And I got my ass whooped every time for wrestling so like so with that being said like i know that for me there are there have been some goals that i've written like wrote down um that i you know i i have now more than ever looked forward to accomplishing some of them 
and actually putting plans in motion, like real brass tacks. Like, this is the first step. I'm on the second step. And these right. are all the steps between. There is a timeline. So for me, I'll, I guess I'll share first, and then we can. I, you, you guys probably know. Like, I talked to Jake about it. I think what, a couple of days ago, I was like, I want to own a gym. Right. Yeah. I want to open a gym. Sick, like dude. five years from now. Like, granted, I I may be a purple belt still. I'm not letting that stop me. Doesn't mean I need to be the lead instructor. <laughs> but it does the mean the building could be yours. It does mean that like I want to bring jujitsu to a community that may not have it. Yep, one hundred percent. That'd be awesome. And if they do have it, I want to produce world champions. I want people to know like this is a place you can come to and change your life. And I feel like we have that here and people have different goals. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with the way my life is lined up right now, I won't be able to do jujitsu. Or have jujitsu as a part of like me being a professional athlete or anything along those lines, because of my age. Mm-hmm. The writing's not on the wall. Is it? Is it probable? Yeah. I mean, anything's possible. Okay. Is it going to be hard as shit? Absolutely. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> but nothing, you know, anything worthwhile isn't going to be easy. So that's 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 definitely a goal of mine. And putting everything together, I'd like to be able to reach back to some of the guys here, you know, like that I've watched get their blue belts and purple belts, and say, hey, look. Here's his opportunity. Here's what we're doing. We're going to grow into a family. To be honest, I feel like there's there's a, f- a good bit of potential to have some possibly even world champions come out of this gym, to be honest with you. There's some, some monsters here. It's just like, and I know that, you know, everything happens for in people's life for like a season and a reason. Jiu-Jitsu might be one of those seasons and reasons, mm-hmm. you know, to like change something in their life, to put them on a trajectory for something in their professional career that may not be Jiu-Jitsu or mixed martial arts. But I do know that, like you said, there's get there's huge potential here, uh, like in MMA. So, uh, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, maybe using jujitsu as a catalyst for in the future for anything. Um, I mean, I don't think it's too far of a goal. I would I wouldn't mind having a world championship under my belt at some point. Um, I definitely want to own a gym and. A, bring jiu-jitsu to a community that maybe doesn't have it or a community that has some watered-down jiu-jitsu. I also recently threw up the idea of maybe doing like a, a foster kids program to help some kids in need, like going through foster care. I know that's something that I probably could have really used in that time of my life, but um, maybe I can share that with other people. That'd be awesome, in my personal opinion. And for me, I'm just enjoying the journey. You know, I'm like, I've only been like doing this since last year, January, and I'm having fun with it. And, you know, shit, one day I will want to own my gym. But for right now, I'm not even worried about that. I'm just trying to compete as much as I can. Perfect mindset. And I got some people asking me, are you going to do MMA? I'm looking like, I think I'm going to do kickboxing first before I get in the cage. Because, like, it's just different. I've kickboxed a little bit before. It is different. I have an MMA fight, but you haven't talked to Colin about that. Yeah. Well, it's a different sport, you know, but I mean, different martial yeah, arts. It's like you have to look at that time, the time, and uh, I guess place for it in your life because, bro, I'm not going to lie to you, man. That shit takes miles off you. Mm-hmm. Like, jiu-jitsu takes miles. My knees will never be the same. To, like, fucking pugilist, man, like, fucking hitting, hit, hitting and kicking, like, it, it'll fuck you up. I saw that guy's leg on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, Chris Wyman. Yeah. Oof, that's, that's wild. I mean, How ironic, though. Like, it is ironic, right? It is, like, the, the, the chances of that. So, for those who don't know what the Same thing, bro. He tried to plant it back on the mat and everything. everything. Oh. It was like watching a mirrored version of what happened the It first really time. was. Or worse here. He had done it so many times, and it hurt every time. So, he thought it was just regular, bang, probably. Bang. <laughs> that, <laughs> it, it is. 
it's crazy, like, you know, watching Chris check Anderson Silva's kick like that. It's the same. I don't think it was the same leg, but the same type of injury. Yeah, it was. Gross. It was awesome. I think no, Anderson's kidding, bone no. popped out oh. when, he, when he landed. I think that's why Maybe. they kind of cut away. Uh, Chris, I don't think his bone popped out, but still just, just as fucked up and painful. And right. him not even realizing it was broken until, you know what I mean? You try to plan it back the adrenaline, on the Yeah, the adrenaline oh. kicks in. and you're like, then you, I mean, you kick so many times. You're just so used to immediately what? setting it right back. Yeah. And just all that, oh. Well, dude Ooh. didn't even check it, right? He just stood there and took it. noodle legs. But, you know, and, and I, I feel like, you know, Uriah Hall, um, in his own way, was like, you know what? Like, you could tell he's like, man, I didn't want it to end that way because I wanted to finish this fight mm-hmm. win it outright I mean to be honest if that happened to my opponent I'd feel pretty bad for him you know you go there to fight not to get injured I mean that does happen sometimes it's though. part of the game you know a lot of people they go like oh you know well it was technique he checked it and like okay he should win I'm like yes I feel like with shit like that like it should almost be a no contest that's just me yeah, and I, I, think I could see that I, I mean, they I didn't also, really get to fight it, it I also yeah. I think it should depend on like what happened before that too like if if the dude who was suffered the injury was clearly winning the fight beforehand, no contest. If it's evenly matched and it's like one of those things, it's like 10 seconds, 30 seconds into a fight, nobody's really winning, nobody's controlling the fight, and then that happens, should be no contest. That way nobody's record gets marred. There's a chance for them to actually come back. Even redo the fight eventually. Yeah. Today, maybe, you know. But you know how this world goes. Like There's no telling if they'll ever fight again. Hopefully he recovers, like, has a good speedy recovery. I and mean, it's not I like he hasn't had a, a great while. career. He was a yeah. champ and held it for a while. Mm-hmm. I so. mean, he's been on the UFC for a little while. So, I mean, like, that was, like, seven years ago where, the, where he got the belt off of Anderson. So yeah. I don't know how many years he held it before he lost it. Probably, like, maybe two. I don't think he had, like, a long run. I forget. I'm not, and I'm yeah, not, I'm not gonna fact check it right now. I don't, I don't think he had a long run, but, uh, Yeah, I'm not, not gonna fact check it right now just to do this. I'm Really don't want to be on my phone, but <laughs> I don't have interwebs uh, at this Should location. We tell each other we're the best like that Thug Rose girl, and then we'll all win. Thug Rose. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She won Rose Namajunas. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was an amazing kick. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that girl kick? said that oh. the fight ended too early, though. Nah, she was she knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> failed. She Bro, it was dropped. a lead left. I think that was her left. Yes. It was her lead leg. She placed it, she set it up beautifully in the it guard. Like jab, it, was it even looked like it was that much of an impact, but it was just enough to put her down. Yeah, you just got to hit the, the button. Timing was and perfect. Like her hand wasn't even up. Hips. Her hand wasn't even up to like to, to mm. block. It was like her saying she wasn't knocked out. Like, come on now, you no, literally see your body drop. Your body just dropped. If it wasn't for that. One or two things would happen. Either she would have got choked out or finished by, with the following blows. Exactly. Knee on belly, hammer She wasn't even looking the way. There's no need for that type of yeah, punishment. Exactly. She wasn't even looking when she got knocked down. She was out. I get it's for the fans, but, I mean, the fighter's health is what really makes the industry yeah, go, fighting, you know? Unnecessary punishment is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, what do you think about Kamaru Usman? Like, that finish was. Okay. I did not expect that. I expected him to control the fight. I expected him. You expected to go all the way. I expected, yeah, five rounds, five yeah. rounds. But I also expected a much better fight out of Masvidal. Dude took his chin. Man, there's been a lot of upsets in the UFC and stuff lately. It's been wild. I mean, it's good for the sport. And like, if anybody out here really thinks that Colby Covington stands a fucking chance against Usman again, like you're high as fuck, dude. Yeah. He whooped his ass the entire. He could have knocked him out. 
chose not to. He broke, broke his jaw in yes. the third round. No interview for him. Walked out of the arena. Mm. I think Prezi was there for that. Prezi, Prezi Trump was there for that. Oh, yeah. Eric, yeah. Was that this past one? It was last winter. Yeah. Oh, last Okay, I was about to say, it sounds like y'all are talking about. And that was a good pay-per-view. Oh, those, it was a great pay-per-view. Those dudes. It wasn't Israel in that one, too? Uh, no, nah, it was Henry Cejudo and it was Tony Ferguson on that card. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And Francis Ngannou. <laughs> that knockout was crazy. Was that the one where, uh, with Rose uh, Strike, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 30 seconds. <laughs> Bum rush just fist of fury. How Sent him to another that, dimension. How do you think that fight with Derrick Lewis going work? One thing I noticed about Derrick in the past, his cardio had been an issue, and his ground game was not where it is now. He says he's bad as blue belt in Texas. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. There's some soul fighters that might give him the hey, run for his money. He's like, I'm the baddest blue belt. I love Derek Lewis though. Like I got like a couple of his shirt. I got the uh, my balls is hot shirt that he let out. Yeah. <laughs> Why you take your pants off? My balls is hot. And then I got the uh, USA in this hoe. Oh. <laughs> it's so dope. Like I think that a couple things about him. One, his social media is off the chain. Off the chain. If you haven't if you haven't uh, followed him on like Instagram, do it. Black Beast, Derek Lewis, follow him. It's fucking hilarious. He's always got some wild shit on there. Number two, like, his, just fight-wise, like, I noticed that his development over the last couple of years, he's got better pacing himself because he knows that he has a bigger tank. Mm-hmm. His cardio is a lot better. He's trimmed down a little bit, and the dude hits like a fucking hammer and can take a licking. I watched him, like, I think it was, like, Volkanovsky. Not Volkanovsky. Uh, Volkov? I forget what the dude's name was. Like, a Russian dude he was fighting. Right. And he was losing this fight and just was like I can't knock this guy down I can't knock him down Derek's in the fight his last 30 seconds of the 5th round fucking just unleashes like a check hook and just the tables turn and he finishes him it's like drop is that the one where he says Trump called and said he gotta beat the rush yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness he's like yeah just Trump, Trump called and he said I gotta beat him <laughs> but yeah it's he's it's so weird watching him because he's like just this big black cowboy. It's hilarious. And that even, I feel like certain people who go through harder times make the greatest fighters. I mean, you know when to like stick it through and push through that. You know, there's usually always something better on the other yeah, side. Yeah. He, Every time. You remember he's he even remembers, I think it, he talked about it. I think on a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about how at one point he remembers sitting like in a jail cell and being like, "What the fuck?" And then like <laughs> six months later, he's like fighting in the UFC. I mean, your lowest lows will show you. Show well, you I mean, that dude really is a big of. dude. So. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? But it's like the most humble down to earth person who gives you a shirt off is Mufasa. Yeah, he's just that kind of kind of guy. I feel like translating like people from certain areas too, like people that like live in the rural areas and stuff like that. They're just they're just built different. Mm-hmm. They're used to like everyday struggle. I mean, at that point, it's not even a struggle. It's just life. Yeah, well, we would we we can see like this is not good. Like, well, right? But when you flip the script, though, there's I mean, each thing you know has their their struggles. Basically, yeah. I would think depending. I mean, everywhere you live, you're gonna have your things you have to deal with. So I got so I know that Israel fought outside of his weight class. He went up and he fought a what was his name? Big dude, Polish dude. Yeah, Polish power. I can't remember his name though. Oh, I have no idea. And yeah, he fought a heavyweight. How did he do? Uh, he got squashed. His ground game wasn't where it should have been. Oh, he got taken down? Yeah. Several times. Andre need to get him on some takedown defense, maybe. I don't know. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, he, you know, he's a striker by, you know, by Oh, yeah, trade, for so. sure. 100%. Hell of a striker. Boxer. Hell of a striker. He's got tons of fights. But when you look at uh, his ground game, it was, like, non-existent. It was, like, freakish to watch. And I think not too long before that, he received his purple belt from Galvera. He just recently got his purple belt. So watching that was, like, ooh, that's not no bueno. Like, he got put, you know, on his back, was in side control, mounted, and finished, you know, like, it just was ugly. I mean, even if he had some world-class training like that, you know, he never probably competed in jiu-jitsu or, or really had to, like, grapple with somebody yeah, and, like, that. feel nah, that, exactly. I mean, most of his fights were just kickboxing. Ex- oh, yeah, for sure. He's well, a he, super, even, super even, nasty I mean, striker. I'm not, I'm by, by no means, I'm not, like, this world-class head coach or whatever, but, like, I would imagine they would have put him in a situation, a grappling situation with somebody of that size. I would I hope. hope so. I would hope. And that skill level, because, man, he was doing it at will. It's like, oh, you're down here. Oh, you want to be up? You're going to have to work for it. Hard. Get up, up back down. We, we watched. That was the one where uh, Adesanya got his face all fucked up and everything, right? Yeah. Oh, Rounded bro. It, Adesanya's going to fast. Or Adesanya? I always say it wrong. He's going to bounce back. Yeah. You, y'all oh, saw yeah. his Instagram post. He's ready. He ate that shit. I don't think he got cut up too bad. I think that was the... Just a, it was just like swole is what it looked like. Grounded pound, hammer fist, stuff like yeah. that. Elbows. Mm-hmm. It's just not a good place to be Mm-mm. against a guy like that. He's lucky they didn't get knocked out. Hey, how did y'all think about that uh, when uh, Tyron Willie went back to go check on uh, his homeboy gloves? No, not his homeboy gloves, Jake Paul gloves. I think there's a certain level of respect that it should be between different martial artists, including, you know, boxing, because it is a martial art. Mm-hmm. I just want to see one boxer go in there. The problem is he's not, he's not fighting world-class because the fact of the matter is, that was his third professional fight. Yeah. Brandon Shaw put it a certain way. I was listening to another podcast, and he, he his his view on it is: Can you name Floyd Mayweather's first three like bouts professionally, yeah. or any of these guys? Like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna fight lower level fighters. Cool, but it wasn't theirs. weren't streamed on the internet. I feel like he has such a big following and everything already, stupid. you know, it just kind of blew up. To say that he doesn't have any skills, absurd, because he does. He works clearly. hard, too. I've seen him, some of the clearly. videos of him in the gym. But I think it's also absurd to say, hey, you should fight a world-class boxer for your fourth fight. Well, I mean, he's already stepped into the professional realm, so he's not going to be able to go fight amateur fights. Who are you going to fight? Tommy Fury? Like, I mean, like, but you can fight professionals that aren't necessarily at the top of the heap. Fight the journeyman. Yeah, work your way up to the top. The gatekeepers, as they say. Mm. Fight those guys, see how you do there, because they still have this professional skill, but at the same time, from a social media look at it, do I really want to sign up for an ass whooping? Right. For some money? It's like some if people, you, if you're gonna they take, take that up. And look, if you're, re- like, even people like made fun of Connor. I enjoy watching him be humble. But it's always good to watch anyone. Be he humbled. didn't get knocked out because he got saved, but I didn't expect him to go that deep. Or Tenth even, round, or even touch, even touch Floyd Mayweather. But yeah, the whole plan was like, I'm gonna, let, I'm gonna let him do his thing. I'm gonna let him swing himself out. I'm gonna let him try to, you know, chase me, pop me up. I and think Connor did pretty good, to be honest with you. Floyd goes, fight. all right. Once he got to like round six, like, all right, time to cut it up. Mm-hmm. They, literally, you can hear his trainer, his cornerman go, all right, it's time now. You let him do his thing. And it wasn't like just shit talking. It was like, this is the plan. Mm-hmm. Let him come out. You're older than this guy. Let him come out. Throw whatever. 
protect yourself. Don't spend any energy. He's gonna get gassed. He's never got. He's never fought this long before. Exactly. Yeah, that's a different type of conditioning for those of you who have not done boxing. I've done a little bit of it, and just the classes themselves. <laughs> Talking about shoulder class, strength. Like, the hell, you're getting like that ride home is rough. You're like, I can't even turn this wheel right now. Like, and that's the other thing. Like, I wanted to speak on like uh, conditioning wise, like functional strength, like lifting. Mm. Not a fan. <laughs> But I've done it, you know. I've had to do it just for my job, you know, keeping yourself together. You know, being in the military, you, you know, physical fitness is is a priority in order, to, you know, to stay in shape and be ready to perform whatever you need to, you know. And deploy. injury prevention. Yeah, as well. it helps with that, you know. And that's one thing I'm gonna shamelessly plug about my beautiful gym that I love here, that I'm a, I'm a part of, like an MMA. We do have uh, that at our fingertips now. Mm-hmm. Just got the new squat rack in and bumper plates. We got it like dips on. Yeah, and there's yeah, she set us there. We got you know free weights and everything here. You're gonna be able to come here eventually. You'll come in. You can lift. You got you've got your nutrition everything through uh, Primal Gourmet, which is here in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Beautiful Great spot. Yeah, Primal's amazing, uh, guys. If you if you are here and you're you know you're competing and you're an athlete, or you're, you're dropping through, or you're just here to you know on a on a trip and you want to eat healthy, there is a place you can go to, which is about seven. I think it's like a seven minute trip away from. The gym here at like an MMA. About yeah, yeah, That's like what ten it was. minutes, ten minutes. If you're Depends gonna be on here traffic. And you, you're gonna be in town for like a month. You're gonna come here and train. They have a they have a uh, a system set up where literally you can order from Primal. They will deliver here to the gym. Drop your meal off so you can pick it up. It'll be labeled. You can pick it up, and right after training, you don't have to go anywhere to eat some garbage. You don't have to worry about going home and cook to cook. It's all there for you. Great portions. They don't skimp you on anything. They really don't. They, they pack it to the brim. Of healthy, good food, too. It's fresh. They Local resources around here, like the collards that I ate today and the, and the peas and all that stuff is from Columbia area. Yeah, I think everything they get is from the Columbia area. So it, it's you're helping out local businesses, and you're also eating healthy at a discounted rate because mm-hmm. we do get that discount. You guys who lift and everything know how hard it is keeping your nutrition right, having the meal prep and everything. It's already done for you. And, I, and, like, and a big thing, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, my coach as well, like for setting this up for us. Like you're getting the D1 athlete treatment here. Seriously. Professional athlete treatment. And then eventually there's going to be shower installed as well. So like you're good on this, dude. Like you come here, it's a one-stop shop. Coming, get, you know, get your training in, strength and conditioning, and your meal is it's set and shower and you're back out on the street, ready to do what you need to do or heading to your next workout. And or to, I was going to say back to the mats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or back to the mats, like especially for us guys that are here, you know, five, six hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's legit. I try to be here as much as I can when I'm not tattooing. Mm-hmm. We're here almost every day. Try to be at least. Yeah, Jake's, Jake's hooking up some, some, uh, some sick artwork here at the gym on one of the walls here, and it is in the mat area. It's already coming together quite well, I would say. I don't want to brag, but I am kind of proud of it. <laughs> yeah. You should be, man. It's it's sick, man. You, and I'm not going to give it up or take a photo of it and post it. You guys can come in and see it when you train. I'll post a picture of it eventually. But, I mean, it's – it's. I mean, I've only done maybe three or four, like, large-scale murals like this, if that. So yeah, it's so still a learning whole, curve for that me. whole wall. I would do it if Nader would let me. I think it would be pretty sick. Yeah, I have okay. a few, like, warrior Japanese-style things I think would look pretty cool. For sure. Add it in. Some bright colors on that black wall. And you have like maybe like a little, you know, uh, 
like a, a scape of like Rio, the beach. Hey, the there we go. A sea monster. Yeah, <laughs> the Loch Ness. I'm telling you, Bigfoot's gonna be up there. Man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how, but he's gonna be in there. <laughs> but um, okay. Uh, the so Ray Jane, how did you? How did you get into jiu-jitsu? Because I, I think we might have briefly spoke about it, but like several episodes ago. Well, for me, I've been knew what jiu-jitsu was, like, because I did it like really right before I did wrestling. What team was that we were with? I was with a MMA gym. His name's uh, Ben Rothwell. You can look him up. They oh, call yeah. him the King of Kenosha. Where was that at? Kenosha. Kenosha. Oh, what time? <laughs> yeah, as soon as he said it, I had it. Yeah. Kenosha. Yep. So how far is that from like where you were living in Chicago or the Chicago area? It's like it's not even that far from me because I live like like an hour away past Chicago. I'm like North Chicago area, North. Didn't I like guess? I think I guessed like the area you were in. I forgot. Like, yeah. Like did you did you say Waukegan? Because it's close to Waukegan. I was like Oak Park. Nah, nah, we're we're past that. Okay. Yeah, but it's like way up north. But it's, I'm like 15 minutes like from Kenosha. It's hella fun though. I ain't gonna lie. I knew this girl named Kenosha. <laughs> no, <it's just> <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, but how I got into jiu-jitsu was, like, I wanted to do, like, wrestling, but my mom was like, we're going to have you do this first. And I was doing it just, like, three months before I did wrestling, and it was hella fun, but I had to stop because it was expensive. And it was either that or wrestling, so. And now you're like, I'm a real man. <laughs> you're like, I got this, son. Well, I mean, it's hella cheaper here. So, well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I noticed that too. Like, even when I like in Jersey, I was spending like, I was getting a buck. It went up, you know, even with my discount. Like, the average went from like, it's like one fifty-five, one sixty, or like one eighty. That's expensive. To one eighty, but it, like up there, it's it's cheap. That's how much they charge at Kinky Dojo. They wanted me to pay like three hundred and fifty dollars to start up, and then they give me like a T-shirt and an outfit or whatever, and then it was like an additional hundred and eighty dollars after that a month. And these are softer. See All these extra fees and everything. See, they said the same thing over there at Sparring Academy. They're like, it's a two hundred dollar contract. I'm like, I ain't doing that. I was over there, and then you know, some gyms are like that. Like you have to wear their their gear and everything, which you know looks cool. I can see that at maybe a competition or something like that, but once you're around in the class, like normal, just regular class. It was class. cool from the standpoint of, like, you know, because I've, I've been in an environment like that before. That's where I started jiu-jitsu was an environment very much like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody's matching, you know, like, you're not having somebody come in and, like, that fancy-ass show your role and shit. Like, oh, no, you have the same mm-hmm. middle-of-the-road gi that I have. Your no-gi gear looks the same. And I think it kind of instills a team. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. The team, like, aspect of it. Like, when you look at it, you're like, oh, shit, like, and these are, this is like, it's like subconscious. Like your it's family. Like subconsciously, yeah, exactly. you're like, oh yeah, this is it. I mean, you still get it here once you, if you're like in tune with yourself. You don't need that, you know, extra push. But I, I'll say like either way, I've experienced both, and both are really cool. Both are cool. I I enjoy them both. Both ways of thinking. But yeah, money money wise, yeah, it can be it can hit your pockets, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, it's all about having a staff and a coach and and, a, and an owner that you know understands. He cares about you, you know. Yeah. Nate is the kind of dude who'll give you straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Off the bat, you know. He's that kind of guy, man. And I uh, just wanted to say congratulations to him. I know things, you know, didn't go how he expected, but that's, you know, injuries happen and shit. But he still medaled. Yeah, he still yeah. medaled still at Rio, away. of all places, you yeah, know. <laughs> I guess we're, we're trying to get guys to head out in June. So that would be dope. 
I really want to make that trip. But, I would, too, uh, if I can. Let's see about a passport and it's, money. That's not yeah. even, like, the, the, Same. I guess the logistics behind it. It's not the issue. It's just, you know, my lifestyle. I got a family and everything. Right. And I'm, and get, I'm getting ready to be gone anyway for a chunk of time. So, mm-hmm. um, see, I didn't even think about if that. If I had a passport, I'd say buy my ticket right now. <laughs> 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 that's always the kind of lifestyle I've personally lived, though. So, so yeah, we're, we're trying to put some things together, you know, to, as a fundraiser here at the gym. You know, uh, hopefully we can get out there. A our, car wash would be cool. Our singlets and, you know, wash the cars. <laughs> wash some cars. I almost bought some for everybody at the Nike store. Oh, snap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> they have little holes in them, though, for some reason. <laughs> are you sure those are for wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I think they were just like... Hey, don't hate the wrestling singlets. Can be comfortable. Thing. Oh, yeah. You see, y'all still want to do a cookout thing? Yeah, for sure. No doubt. I just don't know. Cookout, beach trip. I don't think we're my, family. I don't think my body is... Uh, is singlet conducive that's <laughs> like, not that's not a good fit bro like oh, i'm pushing man. it i'm pushing it with the short shorts and the rash guard bro like singlet yeah <laughs> you don't see everything compresses everything together it's supposed to make you look good like, look, this is dad bod all right <laughs> women wear them all the time under their clothes what you didn't know that i mean like all the time like <laughs> most of the time you don't I, even know it I wear my singlet to bed. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we ready to wrestle. Wrestle. No, we wrestle. So, like, so, and then the same thing with you, DK. Like, were you, like, did you start training with Jake, or was it, like, you already kind of? I went to a few classes before. Um, we were an official thing. Yeah, before, like, oh, yeah, we so started dating and stuff. They're, they're a thing. Yeah, but so, I, I feel like, I like he told me about it and things like that, and I still didn't really understand what it was. So I wanted to decide. I decided to go try it all by myself, and I still, to this day, don't really understand exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. So you but weren't. I so still you weren't like. Enjoy it. So you weren't like. Okay, so I'm glad to have you on because you're like the second female to be on here. Interesting. Maybe third. And they were like just kind of like people in the background that came mm-hmm. with somebody else that were like, oh, they just chimed in here and there because we asked them a question. Mm-hmm. But like for you. All right, this is, I got a good question. All right. So what do you feel like makes your the best training partner for you as, you know, being a female in the mats? Because oftentimes I feel like someone who's not like scared to drill with me and also someone who's not super rough and like trying to be like that spazzy white belt or something like that and trying to like get it as fast and hard as I can, but someone who still Cuz I know some does straight technique. up killers. Mhm. Come close. Yeah. Hey, come close to me. Okay. So, like, I know some straight-up killers, like, women that, like, will rip your fucking head off. Yes. In a heartbeat. And, like, as a dude, like, not even, like, even if you take the ego out of it, like, oh, I need to. I'm glad you said that, though, because most of the time I don't even like hurting people. Like, I just. But, like, no, it's, like, <laughs> but it's, like, straight-up, like, oh. I have to. You're coming at me like this. I'm just a white belt. Like, mm-hmm. like at times, like, oh, okay. It's okay to. Because I, I was very uncertain as a, as a man, like, especially a married man, like. Well, I was like, so you gonna roll with some chicks? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you kind of have to. And I'm like, you know? so I, I told Don't her, this is how I approached it. Like after learning myself and taking it all on myself, I was like, you know how disrespectful that shit is. Because like, I don't want to roll with you. It do, it feels because your anatomy is different. I wouldn't say it's exactly. disrespectful. I, it makes me feel like, I guess it is because kind of was, disrespecting. And I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes me feel sad just because I'm a girl that they don't want to, well, or I've, they're I've scared. Like Jake might think something. I've learned a lot. Big shout out to um, oh a couple people. Let me not start forgetting names up in here. Oh, I'm, I'm the worst at names. Um, but at, at Professor Ricardo's in in, in, in Robbinsville, having uh, some savages that I learned from that were upper belts, 
that you know were women and that were like and still are training i believe either have a black or brown belts by now i learned that soul fighters has like the number one black belt girl um or woman i don't remember what weight class she was in claudia i think or something like that that's really cool she has like over a thousand points i was like no way that's insane insane. (laughs) it's insane she's a monster Mm -hmm. i know we've trained at a Jacksonville, the tenth planet out there. I think Brian's wife is a brown belt as well in jujitsu mm-hmm. under them. Yeah, she she's was pretty nasty too. It's yeah. kind of empowering in a way too. The Johnson oh, okay, so it's the Johnsons. Uh so Bobby and oh my god, I fucking I'm so sorry I'm forgetting your name, but you're have a special place in my heart because I'll never forget this day. She'll know who I'm talking about. So I would always shoot with my head to the outside. Guillotine. Guillotine sick. And Maria is her name. Maria Johnson. Also, big shout out to your uh, your daughter. I believe her name is Jessie. She is a savage. Um, as well, trained jiu-jitsu and wrestled. I believe she has three straight or four straight uh, championships, state championships in the, in New Jersey. Jeez, oh, her God. kid killing. Wrestling. It's really yeah, awesome. Her she is a savage, like, dude women's so, like, wrestling and how much just it's her being there and the support like i if my daughter wants to do that let's go dude exactly oh, yeah. right, like there should not be this whole like oh well it's not me like no fuck that you know like i i, I really feel like when you come in here and this is just a, for anybody who's thinking about starting and you get you know you may you may not be paired with a, a, a woman like you should understand like yes if they're not as experienced just like with a dude you're gonna try to rip the white belt's head off no Treat him with fucking respect. They're your training partner. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, also don't dis- – like, I think it's dis- – Don't make it weird. That's my biggest thing. I think thing. it's, <laughs> like, yeah, think it's uh-huh. disrespectful as fuck to be like, well, you know, I don't want to train with you. And I've had some that were like, no, I don't want to roll with you. And I think that was mainly because they saw my growth and they didn't want to be embarrassed because I treat everybody the same. I'm not going to baby you. I'm also not going to fucking try to be a dickhead. I do kind of baby the new new white belt. Yeah. I'm not gonna be a dickhead, but like after yeah, that, no, not at all. It's equal opportunity, dude. If you if 100%. you come up to me and you ask me to roll, I'm gonna be like, yes, let's roll. But I'm also not gonna just lay on you. Exactly. There, I haven't really. It's hard for me to ask people to roll, I guess. So I just kind of wait until the last person I see, and then that's I'll like walk a, up into like, them and be like, like, yeah. Like, I think it's like, and, and, uh-huh. and that you know, being said, like most more traditional, like it's it's a respect thing. Like yeah. I would never ask an upper belt to roll with me, ever. Usually what I do is I just say, hey, who wants to roll? And then usually the first person I make eye contact with. Either I'm told to roll with the upper belt. Yeah, that happens My experience when I was at headquarters in Texas for Soul Fighters, like, going there, I never had to guess. Coach is like, go roll with Igor. Go Mm -hmm. roll with uh, I do like that when they do that sometimes. Especially when there's bigger classes with a lot of people and it's mostly white belts because no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just looking around. (laughs) So it's very much like, oh, go roll with them and like, not an, there's no break there's no easy roll there's no going to your water bottle like, <laughs> you're already going to the bath like no oh yeah there's some killers in Dallas bro mm-hmm. like especially oh, the I kids I want to go train with you guys out there the yellow belts I like, was thinking about taking some time and just going like before I deploy I think we're talking about going out there what July mm-hmm. yep I might I might be able to do swing something like that man yeah. but they shack up yeah, but the kids' grip strengths are crazy. Like, I was rolling with this 13-year-old. I could oh. barely get her off me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bro, they're wild, especially kids, man. They take this. They, 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 they soak it up six. so quick. You have to look at the, the average person. So if there was a kid in that class that was you were going to to prep, like, to prep for uh, a tournament, Yeah. 
they file a fight to win. Yeah, I know that. Like, they're professionals. I think they got a post on their Instagram now, like, they got some more fight to win now. There's a, there is a fight to win in uh, Charleston, uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. I applied for it, but I don't know. I think uh, Colin and a few other people here. I did not apply. Well. I, I was under the the guise of I, I know Daniel picked. applied. Daniel applied. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it'd be a cool experience. I think everyone had to apply, and then like you get picked after that, but you have to at least so put your name to, in they're it. They're trying to mix and match. He's like, you should do it. I'm like, ah, coach says yes, and yeah, but you know, he's been he's been traveling. I don't, I don't want to take it for granted or anything like that. But you know, if it comes up or whatever, see what happens. And I think it's cool because I think it's like a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, so like it's more swingable. Like it's not in the middle of like the week. I so. love the setup too. Like it's just it's it feels nice to have to be the only match there. Like up on the stage, it's a great promotion. Yeah, exactly. It's a, you know, it's family family friendly. Like there's kids in there obviously because they compete. And I like how you get to walk out the currents, get your theme music going on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, um, and then it'd be cool to host super fights here. We can with the space. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 just a it's a whole other I I haven't yet to have one, and the, you know and just to, your preparation might be slightly different, I, I believe I would think. I mean, same training, same part training, but like yeah, you're tournament not, rules basically. You're you're not fighting multiple times. Mm-hmm. Just not once. Maybe twice because I think you get a gi and a no gi. You let one go, so like let's go. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure you're warmed up and ready to go too. It's gonna be intense too. Close camping thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of tents, but yeah, the, the um. So, so is there anything else that you would put out there for your your male counterparts that it's like li- like little little fun facts like hey, because like for me I'm like I watch I'm very considerate, even with dudes like long hair and shit like if I'm going for a cross face or something like that I'm like hey, I do appreciate like, the people that do that and don't yank, not your, hair yank out. your hair out you know <laughs> crap like that like is there anything out there like what's your biggest pet peeve? People trying techniques when they don't know the technique at all and like hurt, hurt <laughs> it. They can potentially video. hurt people that way. Like if you try to de la Hiva but you don't know what that is at all, you're just like wrapping your legs around someone else and like pushing and pulling, trying to figure something out. Like that's no fun. Um, <laughs> My biggest, I, I'm not a fan of the smelly man. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I have um, yet to come across a smelly woman though. Yeah, thanks. I know they're out there probably. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I have. It was not bad in advising you to, like, tell them. Just tell them. Like, they, they Yeah, there was bad. that one incident that. Yeah. That got squashed um, real quick. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, because I was rolling with him, in, or not rolling with him, bad. but drilling with him in fundamentals. Together. It was my fault. Super nice dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. Was very nice. didn't, just didn't want to say anything. Video, yeah, I didn't want to be mean to the dude. I just whispered to him, like, hey, man, that's you, right? He's like, yeah. I asked him, like, did you, I'm like, I said, did you wash it before you came? He's like, oh, no, bro, I washed it last week. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hey, on the contrary of that, I, I know someone who told me that they have a competition gi that they do not wash for that reason exactly. Just so they can, like, get on top and smother someone with a disgusting gi. That's it's terrible. Just oh, fuck. I Anything get to get the edge, though, right? I wouldn't like, want to get in it. <laughs> That's a fight, low key. <laughs> Tell dude, like, your bum ass. Yeah, like, what do you do? It's like, big thing, like, other than that, like, pop a mint. If you know you got, you got, you know, breath thing, you sick or whatever, like, or you were sick or you got some post nasal type, like, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you brush your teeth or bring mm-hmm. a toothbrush, brush your teeth. Biggest thing outside of that. Spray. That's what I do. You can have, I got fucked up. Fingernails. Feet. I got uh, fucked up feet, but I try to trim my nails and mm-hmm. shit. Like, yeah. your fingernails. They don't have to be pretty, they just gotta be short. But I had <laughs> one dude who had, like, long. Dude had like long ass nails. You know, I got home and I it was a gi day, so that means I had my gi on, 
and I had a rash guard underneath it, and it still left a mark. What's that do with them long ass nails? With acrylic joints. Yeah. Someone came in with acrylic nails. It was a trial. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, I was about to say, um, I only had jello polish on my nails one time, and like it ended up cutting my own fingernail, oh, like no. inside of my finger somehow, and I was Jesus. like, never again. <laughs> like, there's that, and I, if you have, okay, everybody has shitty days. I mean that in the most literal sense. I had some shit days, like, where I just, like, don't stop shitting. <laughs> or come out of the bath so you fart and I've had that happen before uh, too. Man, Someone like, gets on like, top. This, all right, this is gross, but like I'm gonna go here with it. Sometimes you think you wipe really well. Baby wipes. Please. <laughs> and then, you know, after like an hour rolling around, especially in ghee, white ghees or light colored ghees. Oh no. You see that little that sweat that that stain sweat in the ass crack and it's like a little off yellow brown. You're like, oh no. Like, That's swamp ass. It's some weird <laughs> shit. So we should, we're, we're all hairy dudes. You know, most, I don't know a dude that don't have a hairy butt crack, man. I'm just saying. Now, I've had to come to this crossroads, and I have not yet decided. Had someone what asked I, me if they'd wax? Yeah. I, I, it was yeah. me. It's like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, haven't got, I haven't got there yet because that's like the only thing that I would ever consider it for. Like, I don't want to, like, wiping's already hard enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, thoroughly, if you're pooping several times a day, there's no way. Some shit requires a shower, bro. Some shit, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. But, like, I was thinking, oh, man. There was this song. I should get it, it done. like, I wake up in the morning, take a shit shower shave, I think. And, yeah, that's what Words shower. to live by. <laughs> <laughs> in that order. <laughs> yeah, because the worst is when you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I shower. Or, like, at night, like, I shower. This is great. Especially when you're with that significant other. You're like, yeah, I'm about to <laughs> Get all clean. Some, some action. Yeah. And I don't know if you've experienced. You probably have. Action? No. It's like, okay. <laughs> you, uh, you get ready to, uh, you take your shower, you hop out, you start tawing off. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally that did beforehand. that yesterday, I think. <laughs> For me, it's weird. I take my shits after. But like, I mean, before. I mean, I, yeah, I, try to do, I usually try to do it before and, like, get the water but running like just so no one hears just in case. The weirdest thing, only with bass. It happens with bass all the time. Sometimes I like I need to soak. I'm like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna jump up and take a shower Epsom after. Too. It happens to me when I walk into Walmart, but I think that's just like an anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous. Walking into Walmart, nervous. More scared than the competition. It's a, it's like I so, gotta get out here. You ever had so, the shits before a competition before? I had in wrestling when I first started competing. Low key, last IPJJ, had shit. I had to. Really, I felt so good until I had, I had they, the gee measurements. Had to warm up, and I warmed up. And I'm like nice and warm. Like I put my hoodie over my gi and everything to stay, you know, warm because there's no rash guard to protect. It was me. cold in there, to be honest. Every single one of them was like that. It's like freezing. Like when I was in Texas, it took me forever to warm up because they kept that gymnasium like freaking fridge. It was like I warmed up like three times. I think I actually tired myself out quite a bit. Like just expended a crazy amount of energy just to warm up. I I was on weight and everything, but like the one thing I noticed is like it's part of the game you have to learn. Like you don't want to show up extremely early show up like two hours maybe before you fight mm-hmm. chill once you get weighed in start hydrating in the bullpen like there's just certain subtleties and shit that you have to learn the only way to learn is to have experience nobody's gonna be able to tell you everything or be there with you to walk you through because typically several people on your team are competing so your coach is not gonna be there with just one-on-one with you to like guide you through everything it's just shit you have to learn mm-hmm. and like there are slightly different approaches to when you compete at a local tournament versus IBJJF like local tournament 
you're weighing in the morning. You go rehydrate. You go eat. Yeah, you go to weigh in. What was it like an hour or so before your fight? Or it's like when they, I think your like your name was on the board. Like the morning. Yeah. Yeah, IBJJF is like. For those who don't know what that is, Inter- International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation. Um, they are very much like your name's on the board. It pops up. You go into the bullpen area. They check your gi. They make sure that you have your braces. They keep like patches. Is your gi fit properly? Not you know. Are you gonna be whatever you whatever you got going Bro, on? Bro, they kept sending me back and forth. Like it made me so mad. I think that threw my game then, off that day. Then too. you go in. Like I was so in the zone. I forgot to actually weigh in. This last one. And I've I done, almost forgot to I've do I've done that. this twice before. So like I got up there, and I'm in the bullpen. They're like zoning out, listening to music, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I forgot to weigh in. Your name doesn't come up as you there until you actually weigh in. Even though you're in the bullpen, you've gone through all the checks and everything, your mm-hmm. name is until you weigh in. So he's like, you almost missed that. I was like, fuck. The first time, I went in in the wrong bullpen. Mm. So I'm in yeah, there. Yeah, that's what happened to me. They kept I'm sending like, oh, me shit. back, though. And then so he's I was like, like oh, you're shit. Over here. Oh, oh, you're over here. So I had to go back and get the whole process again, get checked. All that. We get back in. It's like, oh, finally here. And then you start you see, you start seeing the names or whatever, or like the back of people's geese. like, oh, I'm fighting that guy. I'm fighting that guy, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're like, fuck. Nerves. Eh, not bad. I don't feel nerves until it's a batch. Yeah, mine didn't hit me until I took my headphones out and, like, walked up and put my mouth guard in, and I was like, okay. There's the moments before, like, <laughs> what I go through in my mind. And I think I've seen some other people do it, and it's just their personal preference. But, like, before I get on the mat, like, I'll, I'll do, like, a little stretch or whatever, and I'll, I'll, I'll touch the mat to kind of feel for the base, you know, rub my feet on the mat. And I'll uh, get on get on my knees and I'll, I'll say a small prayer because ultimately, like I don't know if people are religious now, but I like to say a prayer because I want to come out of this safe, safely. Even that if I lose, I even say a little something for my opponents too. And everyone there that's fighting, you know, they're all warriors. Everyone's been training hard. Like people do get hurt. And, you know, you want them a speedy recovery and make sure everything's okay. You, you want to go home or nothing happens. Yeah, exactly. it's like a small prayer to myself, you know. Like and then it's like, all right, stand up, let's go. Game time. Now people look at that. Oh, he's just showing off. Where like, no, like I'm just. I need to you get, gotta get your mind right. Whatever I need to do to get my mental right within within the confines of the rules. By any means necessary. There was one girl there that was like slapping the shit out of her face. <laughs> like, yeah, seen, she was dancing, slapping her she face. Was, like smiling. I get the smacking yourself for wrestling. You know, we we do that sometimes, but now she was like brutally slapping herself in the face. I was like, like whatever up, works. Time, right. Yeah, yeah was she was like, we gotta go. Ready, ready. <laughs> and it's so weird because like. Your teammates like let's go and all that shit. None of that shit matters to me. When I'm out there, the only person I like hear is my coach. Yeah, the, the all the noise, noise all the people like I don't, I, I don't, I try not to listen. Like this last time, I got a little frustrated because my old, for like all of like a couple months, professor was there and I fought one of my old teammates, who I didn't even I hadn't even met, <clears throat> just because you know the training schedule and shit and he showed up at certain times or whatever. But like super cool dude or whatever. We talked after. And the way the sportsmanship goes, like I guess he did something when he when he won. I still don't remember. I, I think he like like fingered at the coach or something like that. I couldn't see. And when I got up or whatever, you know, we walked back to the bullpen because we had to fight again. And we were talking about like, oh, who are we fighting next or whatever. And I was trying to figure that out. And he's like, hey, man, I just want to apologize. Like, that was, that was some bullshit I did. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, it was I was caught up in the moment. Like, you know, do you like accept my apology? And I'm like, of course, but like, I didn't see any of that. I felt like he was kind of being a dick because, I mean, he did it to, to this other opponent. All he did was just say woo. He just screamed like woo. Oh, yeah. That dude, I have to, I'm fighting him again. Really? Yeah. I want to fight my guy again, too. Detroit. Oh, you better fuck him up. So the funny, really fuck him up. the funny part about it is <laughs> what happens. So one of the gym owners at uh, Gracie Baja or Gracie Baja Princeton, 
told me about him. He's like, oh, he came up here to train because he's from Chicago, and I guess he jumped over there to train for an event like in New York or Jersey, and uh, so he dropped in there because it's like two of the biggest race bajas in the region. And he came in training. Was like, yeah, man, you gotta watch out for this guy. Like, he, he's like, I saw, you know, good, you know, congratulations and everything. He's like, yeah, he really loves uh, like an- the ankle locks or whatever. That's how he won every match. He won two matches. Both matches he won by a sprayed ankle. And that sounds like Jake's opponent. And it was like you mental, should not be able to leg lock me. Mental error <laughs> in the gi. That was I guess I, I don't know. It was in the gi. I'd rarely get ankle locked in the gi. But I was like just trying to poke my foot up on his hip, and when I went to pull him in, my foot went forward, and he just finished it. So it's my it's my fault. It's an error, and I, now I now I know like more susceptible to it. That's the fun thing about competing against you know showing your jiu-jitsu against somebody you've never mm-hmm. fought before or you don't know is you get to experience someone else's jiu-jitsu here on the training mat. Like I pretty much know what everybody's gonna do. That's why I really encourage like traveling to other gyms in the local area, people you've never sparred with before, so you can either, one, learn where your holes are at a little bit better. Meet new people. Meet new people, and two, like, potential training partners. Mm-hmm. If you know that person does something well, okay, I want to make a schedule and come up here and like learn from you, too, because you might not have that at your gym. Even if it's, uh, like, you don't plan on being a full-time competitor, but you're competing just to change the environment of you trying to do the normal things that you would call normal for self-defense, you know, you get found in a real self-defense situation how do you know you're going to be able to handle that pressure you know you do you go compete and you get there and you get nervous and like all the the weight of everyone watching and everything i've, I've never been in a fight an actual fight right that, that i wasn't nervous in oh yeah for sure you always be nervous like cause you don't know what's going on with that like my main thing when i'm in the street i'm not sure i'm not really trying to engage in like physical like ever yeah, yeah ever. so if you don't give me a choice at that point my whole mentality changes this is not a jiu-jitsu match trying to hurt you oh for sure yeah and then i'm not trying to like finish you this is not like mortal Kombat. like i'm trying to get the fuck out of there once i like get you to realize like it's not going to be easy and if you show for one second you're going to just retreat or you're going to pause i'm out of there dude i'm out of there go well see me there again turn tail lace them up and get out of there exactly there's no reason to put yourself in that kind of situation you know I used to, when I, especially when I first started jiu-jitsu, I know a lot of people probably do, and like martial arts, you're like, oh, hell yeah, like street fight, like self-defense. Yeah. It's, not, it's not at all. Yeah, I mean, they play even, for keeps. Exactly. I don't even want to fight people like that. I just want to have fun and enjoy jiu-jitsu for what it is. It is nice, though, like to, to feel like better when you're entering a room or a situation. Like, at least I know I, in the first couple seconds, I can make a smart decision. Right, have better planning and like understanding of what and what. Or like what you, you, you have, could do, you have basically. a real idea of what a real threat is. Exactly. Versus like, oh, oh, this guy wants like. Versus oh, like, I'm gonna go brute force, bra. You don't know me when I get mad, bra. That's yeah. another one of my pet peeves. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing when like, people don't want to lose to a girl, like at all, no matter, they just like try to kill you. <laughs> well, it's like there's like there's letting, somebody, <laughs> letting somebody get the technique, which I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I know a person's not skilled, you know, it's their skill and they want like, where are they learning from me? Just. So it's only happened once or twice here, and those people aren't even here anymore. They're only here for like a couple um, days, or they went somewhere else. So it's like it's dope though, like knowing like okay, this person probably statistically they should be able to whoop my ass, and then like you nail a technique you've been working on and you get it. I know like at first I used to get excited, 
It's exciting. I don't think it'll ever not be exciting. But we'll I, see, like, though. Like, there's excitement, but then there's also, like, I've never been there before. Exactly, yeah. right. You don't need to go. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. Like, it's been a few times we've been rolling, like, sparring. I, like, hit a move. I was yes. learning that day, God. and I was fucking excited. But exactly. I'd be a dick about it, but, you like, know, you, nobody it does else, happen. Nobody else would know, though, that you're yeah. excited. Exactly. Like, That's get, your own personal accomplishment. You back up, Keep it to yourself. Bands, talk about it later with them or whatever. But like, I mean, it's been a few times I was like, yeah! But I was like, I told you, I'm like, my bad, bro. I was That's okay, that though. <laughs> like, I think that depends on who you're rolling with. Like, if you hit something nasty on me, Ray J, we'll both probably go like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so weird, like, especially when you're rolling with an upper belt and, like, you nail something. And then you're like, you start thinking, like, did they hit me? Did they hit me? Because they get it. Man, I've had, like, out of all, like, so I've been here for just over a year. Just about how long I've, only I've been doing this? All together? I've mm-hmm. only I've only caught Nader like once or twice. I think I've only passed Nader's guard. Once a few when times. it was like he was purposely putting himself in a bad position to work on something or a hole in his game or something, and there's like no dude. If you're on his back, do your best to finish him. Mm-hmm. But that was one scenario, and I was like, okay, I'm helping my coach out, I'm helping my teammate out. Like we're gonna grow together, and like I know you will do the same for me. And the other time it was just like straight up like you know, just. The technique and I nailed it. And it's like, I didn't give myself the props. And he's the kind of person who's like, no, you you got it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, no, you got it. And I'm like, oh. Sneaky. And then that shit didn't happen again. Like, <laughs> you should have heard uh, Danielle telling me about the, f- it wasn't really the first time, but one of the first times she triangled a stronger opponent than Yeah, her. it was like a guy that's bigger than me and stronger. That, For you guys like, that don't know, no offense, it was like, Ben. No, Big it bet. Was, um, oh no, not Justin. Ben. I Justin, think. Mm-hmm. that's still that's good. Still, like it's like the weight dis- like, and that's the beautiful thing about sport, like the fact that you I pulled off a triangle and like I submitted. I don't know if he let me like, get it. So, I could probably it's not. So it's so weird people think out, like once they get into it. Trust me, once uh-huh. you get that triangle locked in, that shit's tight. <laughs> <laughs> this sport is designed. This martial art, not just a sport. This martial art is designed for the small individual to become victorious mm-hmm. in this. That's why I try to explain to my smaller 100%. friends that keep that like like Morgan, for example, that should come and try to do this. But she's like, I'm small. Everyone's just gonna hurt me. I'm like, no, no it's I'm made for too. people <laughs> like you. Didn't literally. one of the Gracies have like a bone disorder or something like that? He was super weak and frail. Yeah. I thought one of them. I yeah. thought one of was it one of the younger brothers that was small, like the grandfather that was doing it. Even voices, not they wouldn't have a big dude. I mean, they're Slender. all together. They're not Renzo's big. I mean, even though they're li- made they for all small lifted, people, Enzo, could I mean, possibly defend themselves against giant people. Master Helio, not with giants. But like, you look at like how it was designed. It's just like, I mean, obviously strength and conditioning and everything. But like, still, like, yeah, you can ask like what's his name, Luzmir Paharis or some shit like that. I don't even know. Some <laughs> big boys out there in the jiu-jitsu community, they're probably happy they're pretty big and can lay on people. <laughs> I mean, look at Christian. That dude's like... Oh, yeah. Mr. Wait, Wood Mancy? He's like, what, 125? Yeah. Around. He is a fucking problem mm-hmm. for everyone. You know? Yeah, no matter how big you are, you're going to you're gonna struggle. You're going to feel like you're drowning. You're like, what the fuck? You're going to be doing fucking Minari rolls. I still can't believe I asked John Tinsher what rubber guard, if he knew what rubber guard was. Oh no, Josh Hinger? Yeah. yeah, when we were all sitting at, at your house, house like eating. Right. <laughs> you're like, you probably, did you realize it was him? I mean, like, this is my, yeah, she I've never know. been really around anybody in jujitsu before. Like, I was still so, like, pretty new to, I, like, no, I, everyone. I, I didn't know. It's like, weird because, I like, I'm, I no longer, because of my first experience with jujitsu, the first, like, two and a half years, like, I'd be sitting there at the gym and, like, you're seeing, like, an Eddie Alvarez. You're seeing, like, 
did you sing? Like, uh, Cage Crew, did you sing? Is it at the Gracie Gym you used to train at? This is uh, at, uh, this is at Ricardo's. Oh, nice, Ricardo nice, Mesa. nice. Um, it's, it's, one of those things where you see these famous people walking in the train, and a bunch of dudes are shot up, and it's, you know, like, all these people, and they're, they're everyday, normal people, mm-hmm. who, this is their we job. We got to meet Igor, and... Christian I mean, we've met Eddie no, Bravo. Like, like being here, like even meeting Boogie and all that, like mm-hmm. very normal people. Yeah. It's yeah. cool to just realize that they're normal people too, you know, like this is all something we could all do. So even later, he's like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't able to make the, um, for some reason, I think it might have been a work or something, I wasn't able to make the Josh Near uh, actual seminar. I had to work and I had gotten off, I was like on the final day. He's like, oh, we're going to come by or whatever. That was know? the first time we met you, too. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. come by. Oh, yeah, that was, was the like, first was time like we met. Was like a fight night or something? Um, or we're just like, no, I, I think we were just we're hanging out, to be honest with you. Which I was like, come through. Some jiu-jitsu or something was on, he yeah. Comes, he comes in, and I'm like, looking, and I'm like, this guy kind of looks familiar or whatever. And he's like, oh, my name's Josh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's like. He's this laid-back dude, you know, like, mm-hmm. super chill and super respectful. Eating tacos. Oh, yeah, that's right. Y'all, they were eating. And he's like. Yeah, so what's going on with you, man? Like, hey, welcome to Mikasa. You know, like, make yourself at home. And it's like, and it eventually opened up. We didn't start talking jujitsu and stuff. And we just were chilling and just being like, and the one thing he said to me, I'll never forget, like, my son was like having some kind of like weird, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know what he was, he was acting out or something, or, you know, he, or asking for something or something. And he like shut down or whatever. And like, he kind of like looked at the ground or something. And I was like, hey, no, look at me when I'm talking to you. It's like, seriously. No matter who you're looking at, no matter who you're talking to in life, you will look at them, look them in the eye, you talk to them, you, you, like, that's how you approach them. Like, don't ever cower from anybody. And, like, this is me being a parent, you know? And, like, he leaves, he goes about to do whatever he's doing, like, get ready for sleep or whatever, bed, like, shower, bed, take a bath, whatever. And he leaves and he goes, Josh is like, that was so fucking dope. And he's like, <laughs> that's awesome. He's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, not many parents do that. And he's like, He's gonna be good, man. Like he's gonna, he's gonna get hands like that. Was didn't he call fucking... someone an asshole or something like that too? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, didn't he like swear at school or something? Or uh, I was on the phone to someone. Oh no, yeah, he answered the phone. <laughs> yeah, they're. God, oh, wow, that, that felt funny. like so long ago. One of the one of the best. <laughs> that was one of the first times I started training here, or when I first started. Ever. Yeah. Actually, I was um so for that particular story, I was on a road trip. No, not a work trip, and I was gone for three weeks and. Uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Damn, yeah, that sounds boring. <laughs> I found stuff to do. I found a gym that was pretty dope there. Um, Omaha, BJJ. No matter where you're at, there's jujitsu. <laughs> super dope. I mean, they, you know, that, that's the story I talked about. Uh, I think a couple classes ago, you know, about you know checking on your, checking on the mental health of everybody right. that you train with and everything, and really taking it serious. Like pick up on the subtleties. Like pay attention to your training partners there. So I went to this uh, training recently uh, for work, and one thing they talked about was learning how to not use people as just a vessel actually engage with them i think sometimes we get caught up in that here like oh you're the you're the vessel for working on inversions and leg locks you're the vessel for not being a dick to people and like learning how to train properly people and letting you grow you're the vessel for wrestling ray j you know like like that's sometimes we get so caught up in that we don't actually look at people as humans you're just looking for a way to use their abilities to move forward. Mm-hmm. So to always remind yourself that, hey, look, these are human beings. And the one thing, the example they use is this guy, they're working at a, you know, they're working, I think he was in sales. And they took this guy out for lunch. 
who was, you know, potential, like, buyer. And he was, like, talking to him, whatever, and the guy, like, stops the conversation. He's like, I just wanted you to realize something, like, I only wanted to go out to lunch with you to actually have a conversation and get to know you and talk to you. Like, I didn't really even want to, like, have a sales pitch. Like, I'm not – it's fine if we do business, but, like, I just wanted to get to know you and build a relationship with you. Like, and the dude was like, oh, fuck. The only reason why I agreed to lunch is because – That was business. Yeah. I, what can I get from you? Mm-hmm. So, like, looking back at that, like, he's like, yeah, I would have never known, like, anything about him or his struggles or what he was dealing with. And he was brave enough to tell me that. You're not going to walk across too many people that are brave enough to tell you that you're, they feel that they're being used for something. Even if it's not like, you know, most definition of use is like, okay, they're using me to gain an advantage. They're going to step on me to do it. It's not always like that. People try to use me to get free haircuts all the time. Or tattoos, or just even for <laughs> tattoos in general. Mm-hmm. That's why I felt guilty when I came to you, Jake, and I was like, you told me that number, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, am I, on a, am I on a fucking one of those prank shows? Like, <laughs> And like seeing like seeing the shop owner and like I was like, I like him. Yeah, Romeo's awesome. I love working under him. Super chill. They're, they're genuinely excited about your work and what you're doing. It's not you can tell it's not just oh he's doing a great job. He's trying to hype you up and then I leave. He's like oh he's trash. <laughs> you know like it's one of those things where he genuinely enjoys what he does. And and I think you're in a good place, man, because you 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 really do. You're not just doing it for the money's sake of it. Mm-hmm. You're an artist. One hundred percent. So. That's what I try to convey to people. Like, get to know, get to know these guys, and gals. Like, and 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 treat them with respect and learn, learn what you can from them. You may not learn something about jujitsu from it. Where jujitsu is one of those sports and, and martial arts where you have so many people in different walks of life that come in. You have doctors, you have lawyers, you have city council members, you have police officers, you have military. Military. We got. And you really never know if anybody. Sign shops, dude. Like, I've got so much shit. Just in my personal life that I can learn from people, you just bring it up in conversation. Oh yeah, I know somebody did that. Exactly. Look at the way the gym is growing. I mean, look at what we've done in the gym. I mean, we haven't had to hire too many people to do anything. Nothing. Most of the people that train here Nothing. know, like you know, nothing has been hired. It, exactly. all, everything that you see around us right now, from the room being painted to the mats being installed to the wall, like to the platforms, like we all network together. Like, oh, should we buy one? No, build it. Someone builds it. Someone makes it. Someone big, does something. Big shout out to Munson. Big shout out to Pat. Uh, Scott, I believe is his last name. Maybe I'm, I'm not sure of his last Big name. Big shout out to you, man, and like and, and everybody else that, that that put put their hands and sweat and blood and effort into building this gym. And if you guys don't know what it looks like, it's a perfect time to come check it out. It's beautiful. And it's not <laughs> even finished yet. Just come on down. And if you want to come down and help paint, <laughs> we definitely could use some hands. Um, we do have grand opening coming up. I don't know if the what, date's June solid. Beginning of June, sometime I think. Yeah, no, no nature's waiting on. We should do a cookout on that day or the day before. We should. I would say we can do a cookout way before too. I know, but still, (laughs) get a grill out here and and do it up. You know, I think that would be that would be huge, and a great opportunity for people to come out. You know, get to know some of the people here. That's the one thing Mm -hmm. I keep the reoccurring thing I keep hearing with people who come through the gym, or like they're like, oh, it's such like a family atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Like you come here, and and you're welcome. That's the one thing I do when I come on the mat. Unless I'm having a shit day, I still try to make my rounds. Like, whether it be I'm, in, you know, instructing like a, uh, a beginner's class or something like that, or just helping out, everybody gets a high five. Everybody gets a handshake. Hey, how are mm-hmm. you doing today? Are you doing okay? Good. Like, try to at least you know remember their name or talk to them. See how they doing. You know, let them know that they're people. <laughs> yeah, they're not feeling used. Yeah, they're not like a money symbol, which mm-hmm. is not really all that is. I feel like everybody here is pretty fucking dope. 
in their own right. I mean, I've rarely run across, even the people I don't know, I'm not gonna say, I would never hang out with them outside of here, but like, they're at least like, they're, you can trust them mm -hmm. with your Yeah, I'm really level. happy that so far we haven't had any like issues Even a couple of those puppies that. are in there like, ah. But I know like, there's some days like, I'm not gonna try to do this because mm -hmm. I'm working on something that you're not gonna allow me to do and I shouldn't have to tell you or instruct you to be like, hey, do this and so I can work on this. No. That's why it's dope when you come in to a class or before class, come in early, very welcoming. Come in here, hey, there's people sitting around, I wanna work on this. All right, let's hit the mats, let's go. Yeah, it's as simple, as simple as that. And I feel like that's that's like the dopest shit ever. I so mean, yeah, even if I see people sitting around and we're here early early drilling and stuff like that, I'll like, you wanna come on in? You know, I'll come in, I'll do my old man stretches, you know, <laughs> roll out the, the <clears throat> issues from the day before. You should be doing the stretches in the morning too, before you even get out of bed. I should do that. Everybody. My shit is hectic. We don't do the stretches I'm before we get out of bed. I'm making excuses. I stretch my hips usually. You know what the weirdest thing is? Like the first like six seven minutes of jujitsu, I find myself getting up in like uh, base, like combat base out of the bed. Bro, all my movements or even like outside literally like of this is all jujitsu. Like, <laughs> triangle. Yeah. And get up. I'm like. Sometimes I make my bed when I'm still in my bed. And I feel like that's why sometimes I'm kind of good at jujitsu because <laughs> <So> it <lasts. laughs> yeah. it's, like it's really funny around. to watch her do it. I think with, like with the other thing that I noticed I mean, is I'm like socially, it, like when I when I hug people now, it's really arm over. Maybe an over and an under hook. It's like double <laughs> under hug. Yeah. Especially if you're bigger than me, it's like double under hug, and it, like it, it kind of makes the people who actually train that makes them like giggle. But like mm -hmm. it's so like I don't I don't want you to be unhooked. <laughs> It's like ingrained, like, nope, nope, not happening. <laughs> well, I'm finding that actually very legit. Yeah, man, like, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're about at, like, uh, hour 53, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, close this one up. It was dope having Jake on. It's dope having DK and my main man, Ray J. What Thank up? you. Thanks, guys. It was Enjoyed awesome to be on. on. Oh, oh, it was man. a pleasure, man. I can't wait to do more for Yeah, real. Yeah, we'll definitely have to awesome. get some more in, in, in uh, yeah, out in the, uh, the airwaves, on the interwebs, before I uh, make my voyage for six month period yeah we definitely should that'd be awesome i really enjoyed doing this i'm gonna okay. miss the shit out of you guys like gotta continue to find some kind of training where i'm at if not then you're gonna come back to this very fucking just honorary jacked motherfucker. i'm gonna send you a bunch of jujitsu memes too the last time the last time i deployed just to give you an idea like i left i was 145 pounds when i came back i did not look the same it was lifting twice a day eating three three squares religiously sucking down all the water and supplements I possibly could and that was my main goal I put on 20 pounds nice I've been wanting to put on more weight and lift more definitely. that was a four month period of like not fat like I put on 20 pounds of like muscle I was like what the fuck came back to leave like <laughs> come back to go to jiu jitsu and have zero flexibility like, don't mind me I'm gonna take my shirt off now <laughs> we're in Walmart uh, the, law, <laughs> the law of the land alright like, you don't know like shirtless we're back in South Carolina. The beach is here. You can be shirtless everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, like, it's one of those things where um, I definitely want to do this again, spread the word. If you guys want to find find a more content, um, just me being me, um, I do have an Instagram page. It's, it is the underscore journey underscore of underscore Oz. So that's the journey of Oz with underscores in between. Find me on Instagram. If you have a Facebook page I'm not really active on, every once in a while I'll post something stupid on there, but you can find my info on there. Hit me up if you want to come on the show, on the podcast, you know, or, you know, just looking to start jujitsu. 
definitely check it out. I, I, I slowly this thing is becoming a jiu-jitsu podcast because all my friends do jiu-jitsu. Uh, they all train for the most part or are looking it's just to just fun train. to talk about. Yeah, it's fun to talk about, you know, with uh, people at my, you know, skill level. So we're like a bunch of babies. About Basically, <laughs> things we don't know about. We're, 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 a bunch of, we're a bunch of pups sitting on the porch still. Give us know, about like, six years. We've walked down a couple steps. We're not, we're yeah. not on the street yet. We're not on the porch. Yeah, we're barely off the porch. Kanan or someone will see this podcast and be like, oh, look at the babies. <laughs> but it's dope, man. I think, like, and I, I really, I really want to encourage, like, people who are out there who do this as a profession, if you can find the time, man, like, start your podcast up because I really think this will help people see, like, more of the human aspect, especially with younger jiu-jitsu players. They get out here and they're like, man, like they revere these people as like gods. Like that, or like everyone thinks the MMA gyms or like jujitsu, you know, it's a bunch of bromans out there throwing each other around. It's the exact opposite of that. That's why I like it because you don't get punched in the face and um, I mean, stuff like that. Anyway. Yeah, but it's an it accident. Happens. It happens. It's an accident. Mm-hmm. You didn't intentionally like. Do it. I got stuff. And that's like, the difference. Oh, it's intentional because that was the technique. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, cross face, cross face. Yeah. This isn't gentle. But like some of the nicest dudes ever, like working with him, training under, underneath him, and, and being around him. He's a dope dude, man. That's the first time I ever got my ribs popped out. Body triangle, but nicest dude ever. He actually let me know the pain was going to come because he had it in. I took the breath in. I was trying to fight it, trying to unlock the legs, trying to fight the choke that's coming. I'm like, I got to choose one. The pain was crazy. Then it didn't hurt. But I heard like a little pop, like a water ball pop, like kind of an audible pop. It sounded like my ribs the other day. And he's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty fine. He's like, all right, before I let you go, before I let this pressure off, he's like talking in my ears like, just want to let you know, it's going to hurt. I said, you're right. I couldn't like, dude, it hurt to breathe. I couldn't, I couldn't be in anybody's side control. I couldn't mm. be mounted for like about a month and a half. Mm. I was like, I'll just come to class going through the motions, you know, still getting the cardio. It hurt to run for a while. And then it got to the point it started to heal, but like I couldn't take pressure. Like I could not be and that was one of the things that transitioned me over to like, like I need to be more offensive. I do not want to be underneath anyone. Unless I absolutely have to be. Fight not out from underneath someone's hell. It doesn't matter if especially, you have good guard or that's what guard I do every or anything. Sucks. <laughs> sucks. Over especially and over and over again. Like that, like, I'm like frame. Frame and frame now. Frame when they stand, just just frame, bro. Like frame, your ribs depend on it. It's coming, <laughs> and there's nothing you're gonna be able to do about it, especially at a lower level, man. Like, but you 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 learn your good habits, you know. Try to get rid of the nasty ones and press forward. I'm still here. I'm still standing. Exactly, still and you know your frames. <laughs> For those of you who caught that, it was Antoine Fisher. Um, <laughs> but yeah, here's here's a uh, the plug uh, part of the uh, podcast as we're wrapping up. You want to plug anything, buddy? Um. Nah, I'll drop my Instagram though. It is art underscore o underscore fish. But like I said, it's art o fish. Um, that's really about it. Give me a follow. Check out some of my work. Come get tattooed, or just share memes and ideas. I love that too. Anything you want to say, baby? Drop your Instagram. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram is at underscore Danielle K. D a n i e l l e k a y e. I don't post much. I used to post a lot, but then I got an iPhone and it takes weird pictures. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ray J, what's going on? What's going on in the world of Ray J? Uh, shit, the same shit. <laughs> Just the most work. Ray J answer ever. <laughs> Just word training. But we're you know super super proud of you too, man. Yeah. Super proud of you, bro. Like seriously, like. 
everyone that comes and trains, like, no matter what you do outside, like, you guys put in work here and, like, spend Bro. your time here. It's great. I've never seen such an applause for a person in the gym, like, on some, like, regular, like, everyday shit, like, I got a job and the gym like erupted. Mm-hmm. You would have thought this dude won an Academy Award, bro. It was so dope. You and just like, want to see everyone do better for themselves. It, it is like, true, though. It wasn't like mocking at all. Them do better. Yeah. They were like, oh shit. Like, yeah, I'm like, it. I ain't broke no more. <laughs> <laughs> all the dabs I want. <laughs> but yeah, once again, um, please check me out. You can find uh, this podcast, which you've probably already known at this point, is on SoundCloud. But you can also check me out on. Uh, Instagram. Apple Podcast, Instagram. That's what I watch it on the Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. I'll be putting this out. Hopefully, uh, you know, it should be out by the 29th. Ready to uh, to make love to your ear holes. Um, <laughs> should be able to let me slide in the let me slide in them ears, dude. Yeah, and listen on. to this beautiful voice. I know that some of you probably are like, wow, this dude has said nothing for the last two hours. But you know what? It's my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. And I there's there's no subject that's untouchable. I think last time I don't know if you were on, you kind of got on a topic, Red J, and people were like, oh, well, fuck that. Like I can say what I want to say. It's like, hey, hey, hell exactly. yeah, show podcast. And, then, and even then, like, come in and, and if, if you want to come on the podcast, you got some heat or something, and you, you finally get in the room. Don't feel like you know you're just gonna be shut down. I respect I respect your opinion, but like they say, opinions like assholes. Everybody's got one, and they all stink. That's true. Hundred so. percent. <laughs> But with that being said, as I like to end every podcast, be good, behave, be humble, be humble, be loving, be respectful, drive safe, drive safe, <laughs> peace, deuces, guys. Well, my Cortez, speaking to you, I thought you were speaking Spanish. Adios. Right? And I've always Buenos said, noches. Adios. Peace.